Hello. How's it going out there? We are back with a new episode. I'm here with Mr. Tavian Johnson. How's it going? How's it going? Good, good. What's going on, man? Hey, man. Just here. Yeah, thanks for being here. No problem. Hell yeah. Can't be anywhere else because I'm here. Yeah, yeah. We're doing this for real now. (laughs) So, as you may or may not know, he is a musician. Go by the name of Taj, correct? Yep. Yes. Yep. Affiliated yep. with the East Siders. Yes, that's the, that's the gang. Yes. Now tell us, what is who is the East Siders? It's just a bunch of a bunch of guys who were already making music together, so we thought we'd slap a name on it. But it's me and my brother, and then we've come across some other characters as we've been doing this. Um, Brian Fanning, uh, Fantana is another one he produces. Young Scrimmage he produces as well. Uh, we have another vocalist. His name is Spurg, and Right now, we were just hanging out with some more people from out east. Most of the people who were who were rocking with us are from East Moline, so that's where part of the East Siders influence came from. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's just a group of guys that we were hanging out anyway, so we thought we might as well do something cool with it. Right, right. Now you uh you a QC native? Yeah, yeah. So I originally was born in Silvis at Illini, but I would say I'm from East Moline, mm-hmm. and um. Yeah, I lived here most of my life, moved a couple times away, but somehow I always managed to find my way back here. So I would definitely say I'm from the Quad Cities, but I'm definitely from East Moline. Hell yeah. I lived all around this area. Definitely. So where did it all begin? What got you started into music? Um, well, I, I mean, it's something that's always been a part of my life. My mom was very into music, and I remember us listening to just all kinds of old just bangers honestly but like a lot of Lauren Hill a lot of the common a lot of that soul movement was my childhood and um ever since I can remember I've been hearing music and like music's been around me um and so as I got older it was kind of natural that that kind of continued and now I found myself my getting yelled at by my mom because I had headphones in while I was trying to do my homework because yeah. I just always like listening to music and um, music and sports are super intertwined as well. So I was playing basketball and doing sports and running around, running around with my friends. And so one of the things you're going to talk about is what, what music are you guys listening to and all that. Yeah. So it's always kind of been around and it's always kind of been a part of my life. But I didn't really start trying to make my own until I was a freshman in college. So like 18, 19, somewhere around there. And I think the first thing that I ever tried to do was remix a chief keith beat and i like i think i bit his flow like the whole time it was trash it was, <laughs> it was awful but, now what year was that uh whenever bang came out by chief keith i'm, I'm thinking it's like 2012 mm. um but i and then i kind of fell off with it i didn't really do much with it after that and then i got into poetry which then i started writing poems in like 2013 ish and then 2014 was the first time that I recorded myself. 2015, I think, is the first time I put something out. And then 2016, I, I think I put a project out or something like that. So it's fairly recent. Nice. It hasn't been too long of me trying to do my own thing, but it's been a whirlwind. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Time moves fast when you're trying to keep up and keep recording and keep putting things out and stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Was the your first release pretty well received and everything? Yeah, I made a song about partying at my school so people were pretty cool with it 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 did fairly well i think i got like a thousand plays 
and it was just like people from my college. But it was cool. It was cool. I mean, I'm one of the lucky ones that one of the first things I recorded, I was able to put out. Like it actually sounded mm-hmm. good enough because I know it's not the case for everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough thing to have to get over, especially if you're not familiar with the recording process. That's a tough thing to have to cope with. It's just like, I don't like this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, a lot of people have a gift and then it's hard for them to go about finding out how they might get it out there, you know, and everything. Because, yeah, when with recording, people forget that what you're looking for is an inspired performance. Like, you have to like what's coming out of your mouth in order for you to like what's going to come out of the speaker. And I think people get a little disconnected now that we have the ability to do all these edits and, you know, put mm-hmm. all the all the sweetness on people's voices and stuff. But that's the only going to mask it. And it brings out the good if you like it, but it hides the bad if you don't. But you only do that so much. Right. Especially before it just sounds like unnatural. Right. Did you start going by the name of Taj uh, right when you started releasing music? Yeah, that's my initials. Mm, nice. And so it just worked out nicely. I was thinking about something else, but none really stuck. And I was just like, yeah, <clears throat> it makes sense. And also my brother's name is Avery. My younger brother's name is Julian. So we were t- We had a dog named Taj when I was a kid, actually. Okay, nice. So it's like been yeah. around forever. That's cool. Yeah, it just happened to work out that way. And so if you release your first project in like 2016, uh, when did Eastsiders form, basically, as like the name, basically? We did our first show together last April. Yeah, and so we've been, I guess, on the scene since then. We, I, me and my brother were doing shows before this, but the guys that we were doing stuff with, that was really like their start. Not that late. They were doing stuff probably like six months before that as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's been about almost a year. It'll be a year in April. Cool, cool. And now, the start of this year, you and your brother opened a recording studio, correct? Oh, yeah. Eastside Sounds. Yes. If you... uh ever need to get your recording needs met or production needs or really whatever i do graphics as well but yeah that's where we do most of the stuff that we do out of and uh it's just a nice little space if you're trying to do something that's a little more homey as opposed to like you know your big empty rooms that are some studios Mm -hmm. um we definitely can provide that and we have pretty low prices we're trying to make sure that we give anybody that wants to record the opportunity to do so so it's definitely been going well. It's it's interesting to be to own a business. Um, a lot goes into that. Yeah. And it's a lot of effort. It's not easy. It's probably why most people don't do it. But it's been very entertaining and very engaging and you have your ups and downs and stuff. But yeah, month one in, month one in a day. Nice. And uh it's been good, man. It's been real good. Hell yeah. That's your brother Avery. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Is it is it just you two guys that own and operate, or is the other like Eastsiders involved? Nope, nope. It's just us. Yeah, cool. it's just us that own operating, and we. If you want to get in there, you gotta go through one of us. But the people who, you know, are with us and that do music with us the most, they all have access to come in and out and mm-hmm. do their stuff there, uh, and we don't even worry about that because it wouldn't. We probably wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now if it wasn't for those guys anyway. Right. So, yeah, we try to keep it keep it as straight up as we can definitely so was the opening of the studio was that basically bred from the fact of like you wanting to be able to just do it yourselves anyway yeah have your man. own space and then yeah you yeah. can do it for others as well because you start like testing with it you toy with it once you get burned by people so many times you just don't have people follow up or you just can't afford to pay for someone um 
you figure that you got to get it done somehow. So you're either going to do it yourself or you're just not going to have it done. Right. And I was toying with it and we were getting better at it and we were doing it a little bit. And then we, I was taking clients while we were still in a basement because we were in a basement before this, pretty much doing the exact same thing. But mm-hmm. we have way better equipment now, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I was in, we had people asking us to record them and do stuff for them while we were still in the basement. So it's like, this space isn't going to work for this. And we should probably, if we have our sights set to being bigger and mm-hmm. doing more, we're probably going to want to get to a place where it's going to facilitate that. And, you know, people are going to want to be there and it feels right and all that stuff. So that's definitely where it came from. I would say more than anything, I'm an artist that happens to own a studio mm-hmm. rather than me just being a straight up studio owner. Because right. it, it comes with different mindsets and different intentions and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, for sure. Is it you two that are just uh, like working the board and everything, engineering, recording yourselves as well? Oh, that's that's mostly me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and we have well, and we have there's probably like five people there that could record mm-hmm. if if need be. But the people who are like mixing and mastering, it's mostly a lot of me, and then my homie Jordan mm-hmm. Atwater, Jordan Exo. Shout out, Jordan. Oh, yep. Um, he is doing a lot in there too as well, and he's got a lot of people coming in and out of there. He probably brings in there more people than I do. Mm-hmm. So it's really for whoever wants to utilize the space. All the stuff's interchangeable. You can come in, plug your own stuff in, record your own tracks, and leave out of there at a very competitive rate as opposed to, you know, there's some places where you have to go in through their audio system mm-hmm. and all that stuff because they had it rigged up already. Right. Um, so we're trying to just, we're just trying to make it flexible, make mm-hmm. it so that people can – get in there and do what they need to do and all that stuff. Definitely. For sure. And now you also mentioned before we started that you were going to be doing a TED Talk at some yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing a TED Talk in March. I don't even know. Hold on. I'll figure out what date is. Cause I say I got to start telling people this. But it's a TEDx talk. And when they told me that, I was like, okay, so I'm probably going to have to like drive to like Des Moines or Iowa City or Peoria or something. But yeah. actually, there's a TEDx Davenport. Nice. Which was very surprising to me. Have they been doing that a lot? Do you know? I think this is, I know this isn't the first one, but I don't know how many it's been. It's at the Figgy. So, Salon Series. So you can hold, you can host the TEDx Salon Series. So I'm assuming this one is just being hosted by the Figgy. I don't know when the last ones were, but, um, Events. Hold on, let me see. let's see. Previous events. Here we go. Yeah, they had another one at the Figgy in 2018. I don't know what date though. Doesn't say. They had another one at Western. They're gonna have one a youth one at Putnam, which is gonna be probably really cool. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, that's pretty dope. But yeah, the one that we're doing is March 27, 12 to 5. I think that's. I hope it's a Saturday or not. I'm going to take <laughs> off work. Um, yeah, but it's dope, man. I was getting interviewed for something else. Um, there's like cycling billboards with college stuff on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was getting interviewed for that. And the lady that happened to be interviewing me that day was looking for people to fill slots. And so we just started talking. And she's like, you seem to have an interesting story. Have you ever thought about doing a TED Talk? And I was like, kind of. I never really. No, actually, I I had put a lot of thought into it. And it's one of the things that are on my. So 
All right, let's backpedal. Mm. I was trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. One of the ways that I thought was useful was called Warren Buffett's 525 rule. And what you do is you write 25 things that you want to accomplish in your life on a piece of paper. And you can do more than 25. It just makes it harder. But 25 is a good number. Take those 25 things and rank them in order of importance, starting at the most important and going down to the least important. Once you have them in order of importance, you look at the five things that are on the top. Remember those five things? The six through 25, put a giant line through all of those things. Because if you really are serious about getting one through five done, you should not be putting energy through into six through 25 because you haven't even finished the most important thing yet. Why would you do that? If you're putting time in 19 and trying to move that forward, but you're not accomplishing what you should be doing for number one, mm. you're actually being ineffective based on your own moral compass and how you gauge your productivity, right? Because you right. wrote the things down in order. Mm-hmm. So I think, actually, I'll tell you exactly which one it was. So I did that. Yes. And um, I wrote it down in this notebook somewhere. And I, a TED Talk was like, where is it? Here we go. TED Talk was like 23rd. And I, I said, put my personal philosophy on record. And so this happened to fall into my lap. I didn't want to do it because obviously it's on the do not do list. My girlfriend was like, don't be stupid. Like, how often do you just get somebody that walks up and asks you to do this? And I'm like, all right, that's a good point. Right, so, right. yeah, I, I decided to do it. And um, I guess like a preview for it, basically, is more just, well, I guess this is where we're going to start. Let's go ahead and just get into it. Um, so, and this is kind of heavy stuff for those listeners who are maybe not inclined to thinking about life and death in a critical way. Be careful. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, you better be ready for some deep, <laughs> shit. deep, deep shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, because I don't mean, fuck around here. And I, and I don't. Yeah, that's good because I don't really like holding my tongue. If I if I feel it, I'm gonna say yeah, it because no. it just works better that way. Yes, it just works better. Then everybody, they don't have to bullshit you, and it's just like you know, everybody sleeps better at night. Right, right. So long story short, <laughs> very long story short, I was in an online business. It was a network marketing business, pyramid schemes for those who are going to be like, it's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> um, but it's elite, 100% legal. I made money. The federal government sent me a fucking tax form. Um, I made like six grand. It was, uh, it was great. But got to the end of the business, like not to the end of it. I was in these meetings with these people and having these conversations. Punchline of the business is what they're doing it for, what the whole thing comes back on, Jesus. Like they were basically evangelists and they wanted to spread the message of Christianity in attempts to convert people. Mm-hmm. That's why they were doing what they're doing. Everything else was just a dog and pony show to be able to get you to Jesus. I didn't have a problem. I, I mean, I, okay. At the time I had a problem with that because I was looking for answers that people weren't providing. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think everyone goes through and I can't really make them out to be the bad people because I couldn't answer questions that I, I was looking for. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to have the answer to those because they weren't looking for those answers. They didn't ask those questions. So I right. get that now. This is a more mature Tavian at this point mm-hmm. because the Tavian at that point was like, nah, that's bullshit. Like, 
I asked them straight up. We were had this is probably like an hour and a half into our conversation. If I lived by all of Jesus's principles, turn the other cheek, do on others, all the whole nine, right? Don't shave my beard, don't wear animal clothes mixed together, whatever the fuck the other rules were. And I get to heaven, and I'm at the I'm at the gate. We're about to do the thing, and. I've done all of the things that I can, but I just didn't say that I think Jesus died and rose three days later because that was the crux. You had to admit that piece. It has to be that that is a for sure fact in the deepest pits of your heart. I said, if I don't say that, do I go to heaven? They said, I will not judge the sinner. That is not my job. And I'm just like, okay, so that's a no. Hmm. And the other thing was I asked basically – if I have someone that has a competing view or doesn't believe in the way that you do, I basically asked them, do they have a place here? And the answer was, I guess if they, we have to make room for them, yes. But that was the pretty much the boiling point of it. And I was just like, I can't do this. This isn't going to work for me. I'm sorry. The money's there. The money's great, but no. Mm. So we, we left that. And now that I refuted that, now I went away from that, I had to go find answers for myself. Mm-hmm. And so I told myself I wanted to do my best to try and sum up the human condition. I was trying to do something that would be able to get, what, what do we all have in common? What do we all do that we all do and that can unite us in some way? Little did I know this question drive people insane. Like some people legitimately lose their mind doing these things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's, it's like playing with fire. But side note, we're all descendants of the first ape that was like, that saw fire and was like, you know, I'm gonna fuck with that. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else was running away and they're like, nah, I'm gonna fuck with that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah right. We all come from that guy, whoever that guy was or girl. I'm not sexist. Mm-hmm. So I think that the reason I wanted to do it is because I didn't want to just want to fix for me. I wanted to help try to help fix it for other people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a lot of conversations, a lot of cr- like crying and upset just because, you know, it's, it's a tough place to be when you don't have answers. Like mm-hmm. the, that darkness factor is kind of scary. But one day I'm riding in the car and my girlfriend's reading some book. <laughs> That's a whole different story, but she's reading a book and she comes across a poem and the poem is, if you sow a thought, you reap an action. So sowing and reaping is like plant, you harvest it. Mm-hmm. Sowing is planting, reaping is harvesting. If you sow a thought, you reap an action. If you sow an action, you reap a habit. If you sow habit, you reap character. You sow character, you reap destiny. Nice. That's the the phrasing of it. And I'm just like, holy shit, that makes complete sense. Like you if you think about it you can do it but you have to think about it before you do it like even people who think they do things before they, i didn't even think no you did it's just so subconscious to you yeah. now that you weren't aware awareness and actual thinking two completely different things but also different conversation but you are you do what you think your habits are just what you do often or what you do repeatedly or what you do at the same time every day like if you eat around noon every time every day and you eat lunch. That is a defining characteristic of you because you have done it over and over again. Mm-hmm. You eat Taco Bell at 4.45 in the morning one day just because you were that drunk and Taco Bell was the only thing. Actually, they closed it like two. But whatever, <laughs> you get the point. 
that doesn't mean you always eat Taco Bell at four in the morning. Yeah. No, not at all. You just did that at that time, right? Mm -hmm. That's your habits. You so habits, you reap character. So like your habits end up being a defining factor about you as a whole. So like if you smoke a lot, you're a smoker, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Like that is a part about you. Now, if you lose your temper when people say things you don't like, you're a hothead. And these are now become, if they were, someone was to describe you, their first term that they said about you was like, hey, that's a nice guy. That's a character piece, right? You sow character, you reap destiny. And that is to say that nice guys finish last. If you're one of the people who believe in that, then you think that the nice guy is eventually going to be, you know, getting cheated on mm -hmm. by somebody who doesn't think that he's cool enough to sit at the table on Wednesdays or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, these things roll up into these giant abstract topics that we don't know how to use words to explain. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you'll hear people say like, oh, I have my dad's temper or I've never been good at that. It's like, no, no, no. Every time you don't do that or every time you blow up like that, that don't have shit to do with your dad. It has everything to do with you at that moment. It was right. like, I'm going to do this. And whether or not you holistically think that you're under control of it or not doesn't matter because it's still coming from you so mm -hmm. like make an excuse for it or do it it doesn't or either make an excuse for it or don't and fix it like i don't care which one you do but i still am aware of what just happened or like i am still aware that you do this or as somebody who knows you they're going to hold that in context mm -hmm. they, that's that's part of the reason why this is so fucked up is because you as a human are at the same time think just even think about this you as a human, at the same time, are facticity, which is something that is a fact, and transcendence. So you're trying to be something different. So even though you might say, hey, I'm going to be an archaeologist, but you just sleep on the fucking couch watching Animal Planet every day, mm -hmm. then to me, you're the dude on the couch watching Animal Planet. Right. To you, I'm the future archaeologist. And every time I try to keep you as the person that's on the couch and not becoming what you think you're going to be, it's going to piss you the fuck off. And that is something that I might not even be doing intentionally. It just might be how... I perceive you as an object in my mind because you perceive yourself as transcendence. Mm -hmm. Facticity and transcendence don't go together whatsoever, but humans, for some reason, can be them at the same time. That's part of the talk as well. But my point in saying all that is the poem itself stuck out to me because it rolls back these big ideas. You are what you're going to be in life and the whole glitz and glamour or whatever rolls back into what do you do that makes you you and what what do you do makes you you is what do you do often and what right. do you do is what do you think about and you can just roll it all the way back so then what i did was i went i said at the end i added to the poem and if what you do changes others thoughts that's how you change the world right and then we wrote it out and like we made it into a tattoo nice so I tattooed it on me because I'm like, I don't ever have to think about this again. Like, this makes yeah. sense. I really can't blow holes through this. And it's something that I can fall back on when I get into those moods where it's like, I feel like a piece of shit right now. Like, what's going on? Well, I didn't clean up. I didn't take a trash out like I said I was going mm. to. Haven't finished this that I needed, said I needed to finish. And I'm about to go to work where I know I don't have that done either. So it's like, of course I feel like shit sure, because yeah. I haven't done what I'm supposed right. to do. Right. And being able to be more in tune with, like, where do these things stem from? just leads to a much happier existence i feel like definitely 
and that's part of it, but I get into way more heavy shit. So we can save that for right now. If there's any like lighter part of this that we want to get into, because <laughs> this is, it, it's, it's interesting, man. It's interesting. I think it's definitely uh, true ideas to live by for sure. No, yeah, it's true yeah. with everything. I mean, you know, um, <clears throat> and just like in the sense that like you have to take action to make things happen, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of the same way. If you want to get to, this uh, further point you know if you're like say like a fat lazy piece of shit you want to become like <laughs> fit and fucking awesome looking and shit you know yeah. it's like a lot of work you gotta you gotta sew habits it and works everything, it's not you know? gonna work for you the rap <laughs> the body wraps it's not how that goes don't pay attention to any of those things <laughs> not how that goes you're gonna you're lose not... some water weight and be pissed yeah like, what yeah. the fuck is this bullshit you wrapping yourself up it doesn't like work leftover turkey is not going to lead you to having six pack abs. Like that's not, not why we made saran wrap. No, not no. intended purpose. Absolutely, not. <laughs> I can't believe. People. Don't do it. Just don't do it. That and see, that's one of the, you know that's one of the hardest parts of the whole thing is like, there's some times where you feel like you're getting to a place where you can make a rule about the general public, and like you're like this makes sense everyone should think like this because this makes sense which is a whole fucking lie in that of itself but whatever but you just think you you get that mode like yeah yeah i think this is right like yeah this makes sense and then they're fucking stupid <laughs> and it's just like oh no i forgot i have to factor you guys into this <laughs> like yeah. i forgot i have to make sure that the people who I, I have to pit myself against someone who legitimately thinks that if you wrap something around your body it will push the fat out. And what I was it? It was like just thinking you're sweating it out or something. It's <laughs> some weird. I, I don't. Let me put it like this. <laughs> let me put it like this. If someone makes a claim, like if I say Darth Vader's my father, right? Mm. Someone asks me and is like, who's your dad? And I'm straight Darth Vader all my life. Never said anything different, which I would have had the opportunity to do because my dad was not around when I was a kid. So I'm Darth Vader is my father. It doesn't matter who asks, that's what I say. Unless I'm fucking Luke Skywalker, that's a lie. Yeah. But the only way that you would be able to prove me wrong is by finding every single person in the world that could potentially be my father and making sure that they're not Luke or Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do that, at no point, in no point of what I'm saying can you prove is legitimately false. It's the problem with stating claims. If you say some stupid shit, I have to try to tell you that you're wrong. But you can just say, but what about this? Mm. Then I have to go disprove that, right? Mm-hmm. So here's where we're getting into the sticky situation. Because it's like, you can tell me that if I wrap this around my body, it is not going to work. But like you said, if you're in there sweating like an actual chicken in a fucking oven because they put bags on them <laughs> because it retains heat and you just happen to lose a couple pounds, then I have to get out the fucking measuring instruments and try to figure out if what you're saying is worth a damn. Right. Newsflash, it's not. It's definitely not. But by you raising that claim, it then puts the blame on me to disprove it. And you can never disprove everything. It's an infinite possibility type game. You're mm-hmm. going to always be able to put up a concession to me saying, Oh shit, and now I have to do that again and disprove this one. Yeah, they're gonna have a whole list of whatabouts. And and, and you know the the place where it's actually most prevalent, which is unfortunate, is the whole autism and vaccines mm. debate. They had to go through 
rigorous amounts of testing when they knew on the front end there's no fucking correlation but now people are like oh my god i don't want my kid to get autism you want your kid to have a mental deficiency or do you want them to fucking die i don't know if you missed polio but it wasn't cool definitely wasn't cool like yeah for anybody involved (laughs) and we pretty much got rid of that shit we do not need your simple-minded ass bringing it back because it's not even their kids that usually get sick it's the kids that they're with that gets sick. Mm. I mean, sometimes it is those kids, but it's like, damn, lady. And I said, lady, that's even bad. Whatever. <laughs> I being, said, I just posted something about that the other day. You could say it was sexist because I just say, like, vaccinate your kid, you dumb bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> did, did you see that meme where it's like, my kid's not vaccinated? And like, yep. he's like, what can I do for precau- uh, vaccinate your children? How like, can I take precautions to protect them? It's like, you, you could maybe kill both yourselves, <laughs> fucking be done with it now. Like, forget it. You gotta come too far. You can just <laughs> give your kid lockjaw yourself. Just have him eat a bunch of fucking bubble gum, and he'll never open his mouth again. You stupid <laughs> ass. And I and to be fair, to be a hundred percent honest, I understand that fear is very real, and I know that people fear things that they're told, but I don't. Well, they get into these echo chambers too. Everyone, the, are, they're going to surround themselves that's with people saying, "Oh, but, yep, yep, see, it happened to this person I know." Thing. Here's the thing, I, and and this is the part that's tough because it's like the echo chamber amplifies it, but the root problem is still the value that's being held, or like the belief that that those people share. Yeah, that puts them in that echo chamber, right? Right. Because people can get nudged into believing it more, but but for you to put yourself in that, you have to accept that belief, right? Mm-hmm. Here's my problem. Ugh. And just because we're getting raunchy already, I'm just going to go for it. Mm. Me and my friends, I, I was on a basketball team. We were pretty good in college. Four of us were going to pre, were going to go into medicine. Four. Yeah. Four of us were going to go into medicine. We all had classes together and shit. One of my friends said, if he said he thinks it'd be a good idea to start taking labels off shit. Because if you think it's okay to drink bleach or eat a Tide Pod for a challenge, maybe we were better off without you. Mm-hmm. Like, And not that I'm saying this in like some kind of dystopian doomsday-ass vibe. I'm being 100% honest because it's, like, it's something like we're trying to foolproof life so we keep letting stupid people do yeah, shit. Yeah, no, it's horrible. <laughs> like, that's one of the worst things about... We just keep letting dumb-ass like, people... Uh, that's one of the worst things about society. It's like we, we were advancing crazily, like, technologically and, like, with medical science and everything. So it's like, it's great. It's a good thing. It's like, yeah, well, now... We, but it's like it has this raises this other problem. It's like, well, now we can keep... It's so easy to keep so many people People alive. don't die anymore. All these idiots are just wandering around. Dysentery. Yeah. doesn't just take motherfuckers out anymore. I know. And it's supposed to. Like, <laughs> Natural selection, you know? Dude, and this is one thing that Elon Musk said this, and it scared the fucking shit out of me. But it's the truth. Doesn't matter what happens, Darwin's never going to go away. Mm. What he figured out, which is whoever survives is the one that's fit to live. There's no morality in that. There's one <laughs> There's one question in that is, did you die? Yeah. That's it. That's the whole question. How many kids did you have and did you die? Because you're going to die eventually. And the kids you have is what carries on your lineage. And then those people who reproduce have more genes represented in the population per the people who don't. It's just simple fucking genetics. But what that means is, 
if I was most fit for this game we call life, I would just start killing people that are like you and raping or coercing other sex, the other people of the other sex to have sex with me. Mm. And how many people who have rose to power have done literally that exact same thing? Sometimes they have sex with the boys too, which, you know, whatever floats your boat or finds your lost remote, I can't call mm. it. But like, <laughs> how many times do you see people do shit like that? Because that is, that is genetic success in the most human like base animalistic form like no two komodo dragons are rolling up on each other it's like hey maybe we should talk about who gets to have sex with it like mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. is not how this game is played yeah they will just kill the other one and it's like you know the implication that that has for humans is like we have to realize that that's part of our nature and prepare for it accordingly because no one's gonna all everyone's gonna no one all people won't play the game mm-hmm. all people aren't gonna say okay i'm gonna be good today like that's not gonna happen that's not feasible it doesn't make sense over multiple games until we can get you know some higher sense of morality that we're teaching in schools to every fucking child right and i don't see that coming anytime soon especially not with the current state of events mm. but yeah man darwin doesn't go away he's always there He's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be somebody who, like me, believes that just, you know, if we just let the stupid ones die, but then who gets to say who's stupid? Mm-hmm. If we're well, holding it to a the reading one. thing, then we're in the Western culture now, so reading is something that we do well, and that's the way that we've cemented our life. But if you take that to a culture that doesn't predominantly read and most of their stuff is orated, well, they all die. <laughs> so it's like that doesn't mean they're stupid, mm-hmm. but – They'd be stupid to our standards. So it's like, is America leading the... I don't have a problem with that, obviously, because I'm fucking here. But yeah. then who gets to make that call? Right. Or like, you know, we're, and that's that's a whole different conversation, but shit's crazy. And it's like mixed with like, well, people are like, like compassionate. So it's like, oh, be careful. Here's your warning label. Watch out. Oh, don't want to do that. Oh, it's bad. It's like, well... But now there's seven billion of us for some reason. Most of these people are assholes. <laughs> yeah, and most of them are assholes. And maybe not most, but the assholes are fucking all this shit up because there's too many. Well, of them. well, okay, okay, okay. So here's the other thing: most of them are assholes. Like I don't think that, that we should be holding this sense of like I wish that things were better type situation. Let's just hold this as a zero sum game. On average, of the people that you have met and had conversations with. You probably had more negative experiences than positive. If we're just holding it as a numbers game, especially if you're a dick yourself. I'm not even factoring that into yeah. the conversation. <laughs> I'm just holding everyone is at zero. Your personal personality doesn't factor in. I'm just saying positive to negative experiences. If we took an average of all of people's experience of others' people, granted that some of them are assholes, all of their experiences are almost going to be bad or in some way negative. And then for the hand pocket of people who go out and actually try to put good things forward they then have to impact and have conversations with the bad ones so that pocket of them unless there's some of those mother Teresa, oh my god everybody's in god's love type Mm -hmm. motherfuckers then okay but like not all people who are like that no not people are like all people are like that and for those who have those negative experiences they'll perceive them as negative Mm -hmm. so if we're just doing a numbers analysis probably more negative than positive like people are fucking assholes most people are self-centered but like why would you not be you're an organism trying to survive Mm -hmm. you better do it well or you die like that is the Mm -hmm. only like but then one of the other interesting things is one of the reasons humans made it so far is our ability to 
work together. Yeah. It definitely helped. Yeah, in absolutely. A sense for and which is uh, and that's just another problem. <laughs> well, I mean <laughs> because, it, it's it's to say that well I think it's interesting because there's always a component of selfishness even if you are working together with someone. Yeah. Cuz it's like for the for the alpha male what the beta males are saying is like you can have all the best things, but you're not going to kill me and you're pretty good at killing other things if they try to fuck with us too. So Go ahead. Like, it's cool. But, like, the point is I'm benefiting X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Like, the truly selfless acts, the people who are running in and trying to save people on 9-11, that's few and fucking far between. Like, most people won't die for things. Mm-hmm. And everyone thinks that they will probably if they're given the chance. But they're not signing up to go stand in front of bullets for people. Mm-hmm. There's a certain group of motherfuckers that do that. And that's what they do, apparently. I'm not one of them. I'm not. I mean, there's things that I feel like I could if I needed to, but I'm not somebody who's just going to go sacrifice everything that I have. Like, I give change to people on the streets if I have change at the time. If I don't, I don't. And that's like, what does that say about me? What does that say about the person that gives every time? What does that say about the person who goes to the ATM to give that to somebody? They're probably fucking crazy. But I think that the point being is like, what is working together like you know like what Mm -hmm. is what is the gauge that we're using for people are collaborating yeah because yeah like we're all here and you got to have sex with someone and and i'm taking a very dismal look at it but like i'm doing it because the question that i'm using to start my conversation on is and here's the dun 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 thing i was talking about earlier the only true philosophical question is suicide because no matter what you talk about, you're probably going to have to end up. What does this mean? Or what does that thing mean to me? Or what does that thing mean to the world? Or what does that thing mean to humans? Or like, what does life mean? Or what is the meaning of life? All that shit's dandy. Great. Unbelievable things you can talk about. You can have year long conversations about these things. Right. People have been having them for centuries. Like we still try to refute shit that Aristotle said, but my point being, no matter what it means to the greater scheme of things, it's always going to reflect on your, what your perception or how you think it means in that specific entity. doesn't matter mm-hmm. what you're referring it to. It's always going to be meaning that you're using to gauge that. And what meaning is more important than why you are existing still or why you are, what means enough to you that you haven't taken your own life? What means enough to you that you haven't made that one decision that, you know, exit stage left? the one decision you can't go back on Mm -hmm. and because you can kind of dial it all the way back to that you have to make one you have to answer one question very early is what does it mean to you what does all of this shit mean to you specifically and if you can answer that a lot of shit is easy like a mom holding a baby in her hands crying and feeding it you, she probably doesn't need to think too hard when you ask her what her meaning is right now. Mm-hmm. She's currently fulfilling it. Whether right. or not she likes it, that's she knows exactly what she's doing. And I'm only using that one because it's so easy for people to latch onto. Mm-hmm. It's a very, it's a, it's a tale as old as time. Is that what the fucking <laughs> intro? Disney's fucking amazing, bro. We're not yeah. into that. I have a whole ass conspiracy theory with Disney, but um, we can get into that later. <laughs> maybe say that. Say that. <laughs> um, but. I think that because it's always coming from what it means to you, 
we're all selfish. We have to be. Mm-hmm. That's how you analyze the world is how it reflects onto yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you love someone, I think that you accept that how does this reflect to me to how does this reflect to us and that us component is very important because then you make the entity bigger than just your own consciousness Mm -hmm. etc etc but yeah man i I think selfishness is something that that needs to be a part if anybody's planning a business or wants to like change the schools or whatever you gotta factor that part in because nobody's out here just doing things completely out of with no self-regard it just doesn't make sense it doesn't work that way yeah is my opinion i always have to do that because people get i've had people who have severely disagreed with my opinions in my conversations and they don't say anything like dude Mm. why didn't you say anything (laughs) like it would have been a lot easier if you'd have said something and we could have talked about it because i could be wrong i'm looking for times where i'm wrong so then i can recreate or correct that part of it and make my whole um argument more solid yeah i need those things you like, should always be questioning yourself and all that yeah, shit, yeah. You know, it's like, if, you don't, if you don't question yourself what do you what are you just saying you're right like just walking around this life a wise look. man knows he knows nothing yeah that was i'm pretty sure socrates let me make sure out. that's mm-hmm. the one thing that i do bad when i'm in these is misquoted that myself. was abraham lincoln folks hey. <laughs> 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 a wise man at the TED Talk, do you just you present your TED Talk and that's it? Do they open it up for questions and discussion at all? No, I think it's just a one and done. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure that there'll be more like long form stuff afterwards. I'm sure we could like go get like a cup of coffee or something. Sure. It was Socrates. I was right. Nice. Um, but I don't know, man. I think I'm basically. I haven't even really written the talk yet. It's not so March, but we mm-hmm. have to do a rehearsal in a couple of days or in like four days and so i gotta have it down for that at least in some aspect but like i'm really want to i really want to have fun with it and i'm really trying to spark people's critical not critical critical is the wrong word for it um i want them to make the perception of their themselves and their reality more tangible i want them to be able to think about it with better terms and be able to see it in a better way that is more coherent and try to give them the tools to be able to change some shit about it Mm -hmm. because if you out here and you think you're a piece of shit everyone's gonna believe you there's a great quote i don't know who said it but it's if you think you can or you think you can't you're right yeah (laughs) yeah definitely fucking 100 you're right so i mean if you think you can do it great if you think you can't do it great but they're gonna believe you and like if you don't believe in yourself they're not gonna believe you mm-hmm. and but if you do believe in yourself they might not want to hear it or they might not believe you now but they'll believe you eventually right like, if they only see you doing it that that goes back to the you know the whole that's a character piece but the only way you get to character is that you do something enough times that people expect it from you yeah and then it's like oh you need the song done come holler at my friend Taj he does this this and this because they've seen me do it five times mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying it's not it's off the top of their head that's how you get that that's how you get your foot in the door and like get to work and work with people is because they see you doing it one time they'll be like oh let's fuck with him later Mm -hmm. like that's how that goes at least from what i've seen so far yeah that's one way of doing it yeah for sure man how long have ted talks been around now 
They've been doing that shit for like fucking. I know, I know bro. I remember over a decade, watching right? Like a while. Twenty years. Or <laughs> I think they started in California. Yeah. And it's not a Ted's not a guy. Yeah, where the where that name come from? Technology, anyway? education, and design. Oh yes. Learned that. I was like, whoa. TED Talk is a non non profit devoted to spreading ideas, usually in the form of short, powerful talks, eighteen minutes or less. TED began in nineteen eighty four. Damn. As a what? conference where technology, <laughs> entertainment, entertainment, and design converge. Today, and today covers almost all topics, from science to business to global issues in more than 100 languages. Damn. Thank 1984. You, <laughs> and they popping right now. Yeah. Christ. That's crazy. Because it just started, like, they just have, start, like you said, it started in California then. Oh. Um, I guess they will. They've just been doing the TED Talks and the TEDx Talks, like, just going around to big cities, I guess, for the most part. And, uh, that shit used to be like on Netflix all the time back in the day, right? And now I know you could just watch a bunch on YouTube or whatever. Ton on YouTube. Uh, is that like? Where's your Who? Wikipedia page? What's that? Said so I'm gonna find their Wikipedia yeah, page. Like, um, someone knows. Is it like a nonprofit thing? It's a nonprofit. Yeah. Technology, edu- or technology, entertainment, design. Hell yeah. The main TEDx conference is held annually in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, at the Vancouver Convention Center. Prior to 2014, the conference was held in Long Beach, California. Yep. Yes, sir. Hell yes. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be a pretty cool experience and shit. Wait, where is it? February, which I was annually. Yeah. Silicon Valley. Yes. Makes sense. Everything's there. Yeah. <laughs> Till is old. Now I got the fucking Disney We've been dealing with this, like, fucking negative bullshit weather. They're just out there in this glorious weather. Oh, it's nice and warm. Let's have a talk. Let's have a th- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> bro, but remember. Doing all kinds of shit. Out. They don't got to worry about the weather. About six months ago, it was hell on earth over there. <laughs> so... I'll take the snow. Mm-hmm. I know where that's coming from, and I got windshield scrapers. Fuck that, bro. Like, no, I'm not. No, hell no. And no they fires. shit finna go into the. It's finna go into the ocean. I'm straight. No, yeah, yeah. They're just gonna plop off, become Dude. an island. Yeah, they're trying to get independence. Yeah, you're gonna have to now. Yeah, <laughs> it's an island now. No, but bro, <laughs> I, when I saw the tornado with the fire in it, I was like, this is because Trump is president. Like, <laughs> the only way that you see fucking hell tornadoes, like, have you seen the video? This on. must be a sign, dude. Hold on. sending us a sign. Hold on. Uh, fire tornado, California. You can find me in St. Louis. I have a I I have a stand up comedy bit. Yeah. But it's, it's very hit or miss. It depends on if you were a Nelly fan. Do you do stand up? I've thought about it. Yeah. I definitely want to do it before I like, like I want to do it while I'm like not famous. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. That is a tornado of fire. We're looking at some shit right now. It's like out of a movie. Tornado. This looks like CGI, bro. Yeah. It's like on the horizon. There's just a fucking whole tornado, whole tornado, just like a tunnel of fucking tunnel of flame shooting into the sky. Dude. This is not okay. 
It looks like the movie This is the End. Everything's, yes. Everything's burnt. This could have been a cutscene from This yeah. is the End. Even though I don't remember past like an hour into that movie. <laughs> I wasn't even smoking weed at the time. It was just, I feel like I got high. I used to, I don't go see movies that much, but I would always go, you know, to the theater high as fuck, right? And then oh, yeah. it's just, I never remember shit. Yeah. From the movies Like I'd have to watch A movie all over again That's Oh like, dude I, 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 Well I didn't have That specific problem But the last <laughs> time We went to the movies Was Deadpool 2 And I was super tired Because I think I had been Like in the studio Super late Yeah And actually this movie Deadpool 2 I fell asleep And slept the entire movie <laughs> Didn't entire see it thing. Nope Yeah I Fell asleep with the credits <laughs> Dead <laughs> I was snoring in that bitch And everything <laughs> And it was when they got The reclining seats I was out. You weren't like too loud. Light. No one was like punching you. Like, wake the fuck up. No, she said I was okay. My girlfriend's <laughs> with me. Yeah, man. I out like a light. Like, man, I'm too forgetful. I might remember bullet points from the film, but it's like, <laughs> man, I need to just ah fuck the weed. I'll just start taking shrooms before I go. <laughs> That'd be way better. You can uh, way worth my money and experience. You can look at the spark notes for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, spark. Shout out to spark notes. That's the only way I got through school. Spark Hell notes yeah. was the shit. Did you ever use spark notes? No, not much. Maybe uh, here and there. Uh, Were you one of the good kids? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. School is like, thinking about school for me, it seems like, oh, it was so long ago. I feel it was you. It like 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the crazy thing is like, so I work with a lot of people who are like, my the people I work with are probably like mid-30s, 30s, late 30s, early 30s right there right mm -hmm. circuit there right so i'm 25 so you would think that that isn't that big of a deal i hear i get shit about this fucking daily about how young i am and one of my coworkers like i'm not a millennial i was like are you 33 like yeah then you're a fucking millennial yeah dude like, yes you are yeah it's like i don't even like technology i was like shut up i don't care what you're saying to me right now you don't you're get to pick your generation you don't <laughs> you don't actually who picked it was your parents when your dad decided to come in your mom. Like yeah, that's yeah. literally the only, there you go. And, and I think one of the funniest things is that people cringe when you hear things like that. And Kanye West put it so well, even though we could do a whole conversation on Kanye West right now, I would highly suggest against it because I have very strong feelings and they take very long to explain and he's not worth the time. But, um, <laughs> Kanye said, let me fuck you raw, say fuck the outcome. None of us would be here without come. And he's right. <laughs> like wise words there. There's, there's no part of that where I I hear lying. He didn't lie at any part of that. He didn't lie at all. There wasn't a lie. There wasn't a lie to be found right there. Yeah. And it was clever. And he used this like weird ass like. Oh. <laughs> Is that the polar bear from? Oh my God, that's the Coca-Cola polar bear. It is. Oh, dude, that's him. What joke did I have about? Oh, Dave Chappelle has a great bit about the Coca-Cola polar bear. She was like, "You should buy the white can of Coke because it supports the polar bear." He goes, "Bitch, if a polar bear was in here right now, it would try to eat you. Fuck that can of Coke." <laughs> he said, "You know what? Let's bring a polar bear in here. I'm gonna drink the can of Coke behind this glass. Mm -hmm. You tell me how the polar bear is helping you out right now." Yeah. It's like eating your fucking face off. Like, yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, shout out to that polar bear. Me and my girlfriend were just talking about like bears and animals like that. It's like, 
Well, some people say like, yeah, oh, he's so cute. <laughs> the bear's so cute. It's like, well, because you've seen him on like a poster, like a cartoon, or yeah, like a fucking yeah. whatever. It's different when it's in your TV. I mean, pictures of bears can be cute looking, but yeah, dude, you see that shit in real life, dude, you're going to shit your pants. And like, they run fuck, like 30 miles an hour. They're going to climb the trees too. Usain Bolt is only like 32 miles an hour. Yeah. He can barely outrun a fucking bear. Fuck. That shit's going to kill you. In the fucking sight. Well, that's the other thing. Well, the fucking paw is like bigger than your fucking head. Yeah. It's going to kill you. And the thing with those types of animals, they don't even like kill you. They just start eating you. Yeah. Or whatever. They don't need you. Yeah. Or like they'll leave you half dead because they got what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was watching a dude that survived a bear attack explain like how when the bear, he just played dead the whole time and the bear kept coming back and like biting and stepping on him. And he said when he bit his arm, he hurt his bone crack. And I was just like, you know what? I'm thankful for civilization. Even though civilization has caused a lot of issues, I'm great. I'm great with it. Like, fuck it. Global warming. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not getting eaten by a goddamn bear. That's not how I'm going out today. Yeah, right? Like, uh... Did you ever hear that story about the dude that was, like, taking the films of the bears and, like, sleeping with them and stuff? And the bears fucking ate his ass. Wasn't did they make that a documentary or something? They probably did. I don't know. I'm not watching that stupid shit, bro. (laughs) What you mean? Oh, the guy that... Fucking thought he was Yogi's picnic basket. Didn't get eaten by a bear. Like, that would be more interesting if he was still alive telling the story. Yeah. Like, of course he got eaten. So it's a, a bear. Matter of time. It's like, a bear. I feel the same way about, like, fucking chimps and shit. Those things will just jack you. Rip like, your whole face they'll off. They'll rip your whole fucking... Rip your actual face off. They'll, like... They, like, attack, like, fucking shit that you care about. They start ripping off your fingers and shit. Yeah. They'll just, like, probably rip your dick off or whatever. Well, dude, and you gotta think, like... They know how to, they know how to injure things that are very similar to our anatomy. That's what yeah. they fight against. Mm-hmm. Like they'll rip, they don't, when they attack people, like if a, two beta chimps want to take out the alpha chimp and they've performed an alliance that they're going to do a coup, when they attack them, they oftentimes will rip limbs off. That's how oh, they yeah. cat like debilitate you, and then you bleed out quickly. But they rip you apart, like literally limb from limb. It's fucking disgusting, bro. Thank God for civilization. And we they're got, super strong, bro. Right? We will like it started with we harness the fire. Some of the animals got scared Dude, of the yeah. fire, and then we're like, all weaponry and of that guy. It, it, we're all descendants of people that were trying to not get fucking eaten, and now we have so many. Uh, ran- a lot of times in society nowadays, we got so many bullshit problems because we don't actually have real problems to worry about anymore. We're not actually, we don't have to worry about food. We don't have to worry about something, some animal killing us because now we can bitch about dumb shit. Dude, I, I have some of the worst first world problems. You know what the worst first world problem is? And yeah. like, I feel like a piece of shit every time I do this, but there's so many things to eat. I often find myself psyching myself out. <laughs> and so I'm like, Oh, let's go to Taco Bell or like let's get a box from KFC. Yeah. Or like I don't know, let's de- let's eat anything. And then we're like, oh, well, what if we don't eat? It's like, are you serious? <laughs> are you fucking There's someone who literally can't eat. There's actually multiple someone's who cannot eat right now. More of the population than that can readily eat can't pretty much. And I'm over here fucking upset because Chick-fil-A isn't open on Sundays. Like, that shit is terrible. But yeah, <laughs> it's the world we live in, apparently. All right, so you, you just just go to, like, someone who's just, like, a fat slob, out of shape, whatever, just living off of fast food. Just go to my like, all right, so here's what you got to do, all right? I'm going to give you this gun. 
you're lucky I don't give you a bow. You're going to have to go out into this woods. You're going to have to track prey down. Be careful. You know, you got to be downwind. Yeah. Don't make any loud sounds. Don't be seen. You got to track this prey for however many days then shoot him. Hopefully shoot him and not scare him away and then have to track down another one. Then, you know, cut its skin off, you know, disembowel it, whatever. Get the meat. Fucking pack it away. Then hike it back to wherever the fuck you live. Then cook <laughs> it. Then finally eat for a brief amount of happiness and then go out and do this shit all over again for the rest of your life you ready forever like like, forever they just want to they're they're bitching because like it's cold outside they can barely even get in their car and just like roll down the window let me get up (laughs) yeah number three one of my friends is like oh my god i went to starbucks today and i rolled the window down and it wasn't terrible and i'm like (laughs) that's what we that's that's what we've been reduced to and i don't and i I don't think I want to hunt like that, right? Like, I don't really, like, I, I'm sure I could. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that it's something that you should really do because you consume animals and that it's, like, a very intimate thing. And Definitely like, intimate. It's something that you need to experience because you already participated in it. Very powerful. Actually, yeah. knowing where your shit comes from and, yeah, like, yeah. And taking it, it all in. And, and, it's, and I, I've said it tastes the best that way as well, I've heard. Um, even if you grow your own shit, like even if you're fucking gardening and yeah. shit, making some shit. And, my, and, and I've been in, some of my family members do that shit. My my girlfriend's rents do that shit a lot, actually. Yeah. But um, I don't know, man. I just don't feel like shooting shit right now. Mm-hmm. And, and while I think that I could do it, and I think that would be something very interesting to do, doing that for your entire life would be mentally ta- taxing. Uh-huh. Well, like, de- you well roll, you know, honestly, you it depends what you do hunt. Like, it would be dope if you could, like, hunt some elk. Because, I mean, those things are, like, fucking huge. So it's like mm-hmm. if you're just, like, yourself, if you, could, if you could hunt an elk, take it back, you know, put it in a big-ass freezer at your house or something. Yeah. That's, like, hundreds of pounds of meat. Well, I mean, we get grass-fed cows, and we split a pig with my girlfriend's parents. Nice. So we have, like, 40 steaks at a time and, like, you know, nice. 80 ground beef and shit. Fuck yeah. Like, crazy stuff. So, and I'm exaggerating a little bit actually, but we get a lot of the meat because it's like, it's easier to buy that way. And you know, it's coming from, it's grass fed, local mm-hmm. source. Like we know what we're eating. We know what we're, and we only do it once a year. Shit, let me get some of that. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice though. It's nice. It's definitely a way that I would suggest like, cause meat is expensive. That's really what you're going yeah, to the grocery yeah. store and you're spending your bread on unless you're going like high end little Debbie snacks and shit, but <laughs> meat's expensive. And the whole like, I would be a vegetarian if I was actually a good person. Yeah. Like, if I actually was a good person, I'd probably be a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. But I, like, steak, bro? <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> like uh, I'm, it's so good. Yeah, it, I mean, or I wish I could afford to always be able to buy the ethically raised yeah. shit. And well, also for, like, health reasons. I don't want to eat this bullshit all yeah, the time. Yeah, pesticides, but, antibiotics. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. You could just become a vegetarian and then just grow your own food. Then you have some, uh, uh, you know, like growing your own shit. That's it. No meat. I don't know. If if whatever floats your boat or finds your lost remote, I'm not, I can't pretend like I care. Like I can pretend like I care. Like this is how much I care. If I saw an animal like hurt on the side of the road, despite the animal probably, I would try to go help it. Like I would legitimately put forth effort, but I'm going to eat hamburgers. Like I, I don't, maybe that makes me flawed. That's fine. But I think the people at Peter are fucking pretentious. So it's like, what? We're both not Mm -hmm. ideal here again. Apparently like, sorry. 
So you just mentioned PETA. Speaking of PETA, I know you mentioned Disney earlier. You following Toy Story 4? Yeah, dude. Belle came back. Yeah. That's going to be crazy. The so thing. they're with the kid now, right? Like I don't you know. You them off to the I, kid. Yeah. You, I'm wondering. It's going to be interesting. But yeah, Bo Peep's back. I just saw an article that PETA demanded that Bo Peep not have her like shepherd's hook thing. Because it's, it's like, like a... Yeah, they used to like sheeps. fucking... Yeah, fucking drag like, the yeah, because yeah, the motherfucking sheep... It's not like you say, hey, sheep, can you walk in a straight line? <laughs> He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. PETA, listen, let me... let me. PETA, it's like, dude, it's a toy. The Bo Peep toy. It's like, you can't just... Let me let me do this. It's Peter, like, you got a fucking... Anti... It's just for a visual thing. It's like, it's a classical toy. Bo Peep. That's what she used. That's what she carries. This and now is, she's a feminist or something. <laughs> this is... Let me read these to you. So this is what I think. So this I'm going to read the tweet first because All right. whoever the fuck Claire G. Coleman is needs a fucking side job or like a she needs to do anything else besides what she's doing. She said, any chance you had of getting my respect? Or no, no, no. Sorry. Claire G is Claire G is good. Claire G is good. I'm sorry. She tweeted at PETA and said this. <laughs> Any chance you had of getting my respect is gone, at PETA. This tweet of yours equating speechism with racism, homophobia, and ableism is deeply disturbing. This is what they said. Stop using animal language. Anti-animal language. Instead of saying, kill two birds with one stone, say, feed two birds with one scone. Instead of be the guinea pig, be the test tube. Instead of beat a dead horse, you feed a fed horse. Instead of bring home the bacon, bring home the bagels. <laughs> Instead of take the bull by its horns, take the flower by its thorns. Now, two things immediately. Number one, beating a dead horse is terrible. But feeding a fed horse is also not good if you are overfeeding the horse. <laughs> and how much of the dead horse is feeling the fact that you're beating him if he's already dead. So realistically, your comment if you want to just say strictly with conscious awareness of unfortunate things happening to you is more harmful than mine because what I'm saying is dead already. Yeah. What you're saying is not being overfed because you're stupid ass. Peter, they don't, they don't even understand that one. Like beating a dead horse. The point is it means it's redundant. Like, <laughs> Which you retard like fucking, fucking idiots. Yeah. And, and fuck? you wouldn't repeatedly feed a fed horse because that would lead to the horse dying. Then guess what you could do with it after it died? Fucking beat it. Beat it. That is what you would do to that because you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, and beat yourself because you're fucking retarded. And like that's <laughs> and that's the second point is, are you... fuck? They equated that to racism, homophobic language, ableism, which is like the, you know, handicapped people being able to do what they do in the world without calling them terrible names like retard. And... Or no, and ableism. They compared... People realize that these forms of saying things, racism, homophobic slurs, all mm -hmm. that, were terrible. So now you should stop using animal language. That's how they pitched this stupid-ass list. Mm. I was like, you ignorant mm. motherfuckers. Yeah, I don't know. You stupid, stupid bitch. Like, <laughs> there's no... I can't believe that. I can't believe it. And I was like, this is the world we're living in. This is actually a whole thing. This is something that actually happened. Okay. Yeah, I, I had heard that briefly about some of those phrases they were bitching about, but I never read into it. That's just, it's really cringy. To, Dude, the most. Like, are they just trying to throw topics out there and seeing what sticks? I like, think. They're just trying to. I think. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. you lost me. 
Like anything good they could say is just going to be washed out by all the dumb shit they're saying, you know? Nothing not at gonna, this how point. How get taken seriously? Nothing at this point is going to redeem this for them. Yeah. Like they can't, exactly. you don't like, backpedal on this. So shut the whole organization down. We have to start over. All right. Speaking of dark shit. So El Chapo. Because we were talking, I was Yeah, you're talking about that. I haven't yeah, followed yeah. that at all. So what's going so, on with that? So there's apparently his trial's been going and they've had like 12 of his former henchmen testify against him. I think 12 is the number. I don't remember. And one of the henchmen said, first of all, his name was Lollipop. Okay. <laughs> Objectively hilarious. I'm interested. And he admitted to killing over 150 people. He said that as he was killing people, he needed to continue changing, so he kept getting plastic surgery done. And he ended up looking like one of the dead people in fucking goosebumps by the end of it. No. Shit, just all kinds of crazy on his face. Whatever. And so I was like, all right, I'm interested. Let me look this up. First thing that I I typed in just his name, just El Chapo. El Chapo drugged and raped 13-year-old girls, witness claims. Well, excuse the fuck out of me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that I was getting into child molestation, but I, I thought this was drugs. I thought we were yeah, talking about drugs, but apparently not. Well, you got to get them on something. Oh, they're getting them with everything. Get apparently, everything, they're huh? throwing the book at them right All now. All right. From shocking to bizarre. Let's see if we can get some top facts. I haven't been keeping up with this, but I'm sure this is like the top of the list. Anybody who was in the border of Mexico and... The United States probably is very tuned into this. Yeah. He had a high-tech murder room in his mansion. A drain to the floor for easy cleanup after slangs. As one must have when you reach that. In that house, no one comes out, one of his people said. Both of those people were in on firearm charges. Narco mistresses. He had a wife. And many mistresses. He tracked 50 people around him through their phones and computers. Hmm. He paid the Mexican former president $100 million for a payoff. Hmm. He buried some of his enemies alive. Ooh, that's a bad one. He escaped jail. We all knew that. Naked escapades. Let me read this. Alrighty. I mean, if you're at that level, you got to have some naked escapades. <laughs> he had another mistress who they were in the house together, and the Marines busted into his safe house. He ran off butt naked. <laughs> they used an escape tunnel under the bathtub to flee trudging through the mud an hour before they got out of the end surface. That's crazy. Damn. He had a diamond-plated handgun. So he had his own cousin killed after he lied about being out of town. <laughs> 328 million lines of co- What? The U.S. attorney said that in his opening argument that El Chapo had sent more than more than a line of cocaine for every single person in the United States. That's 328 million lines of cocaine. He needed 20 tons of cocaine 
if that was the case. 20 tons. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like a party. He decided to test out his weapon after the group had finished their target practice with assault rifles. He had an anti-tank rocket launcher that he took him on a trip with him in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. He must be prepared. He also had a private zoo. We're just going to end on that one. Already. I think I got everything I needed out of that. Very enlightening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wasn't he the one that was spending like a million on rubber bands? I think or was so. that Pablo? That was Pablo uh, Escobar. That was Escobar. Might as well be him. It was Escobar. Escobar was spending like, here, let me give you the exact number. Because this is probably the best part of me. Part, part of the story for me. Pablo. I hope no one listened to these things. You got to factor that into your budget. The rubber band budget. Dude, you have to. I wish I was that had that much shit going on, you know. Where I had a rubber. That you band had to budget. have rubber bands in the budget. Yes, dude. You think you'll have a rubber band budget someday? I would uh, like to hope. God that. willing, we'll have a rubber <laughs> band budget someday. Hopefully, one day, <laughs> I have to write in. <laughs> we need this many rubber bands for my new money that we're getting. But in efforts of that not happening, I hope Bitcoin takes off so that I can just have it all digital. Um, Man, if we only invested in Bitcoin at the start, right, we'd be living it right now. God damn it. His wealth grows so immense that he stashed piles of it in his Colombian farming fields, which were warehouses. Pablo's earning so much a year that he'd write off 10% of the money because rats would eat it in the storage Man. or was damaged by water loss. Jeez. You get a what? Damaged. You got to store it better, but I guess he doesn't really. According to Roberto Escobar, the cartel spent an estimated $2,500 a month on rubber bands needed to keep the money held together. $2,500 a month on rubber bands is how much a year? Hold on a second. (laughs) Man. $30,000 a year on rubber bands. Now, another thing is, are they just buying it little bits at a time? You know, just buy a few rubber bands as you need them, as you go? I mean... Or is it like, you're going to have to buy them in bulk, right? Like definitely. Like, fuck ton. If you're spending $2,500, you are not going to Kinko's. And, like, if you just... I'm sure you can order a fuck ton of online and whatever. I but, wonder, like, how much... At what much... point do they start tracking? Like, is that suspicious? Someone, Dude, he some was writing person? off 10%. Like, if some random person orders... That was getting eaten. Yeah. So I don't think him keeping track of the rubber bands was quite the problem. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they had other people taking care of this, but it's like if you were to order bulk rubber bands online or something, is that enough for any, I don't know, the government or someone to put up a red flag? Like, hmm. Like, unless you're making. Does he own an office building? Yeah. Unless you're making rubber band balls for a living. Yeah. Does he do rubber band art or something? (laughs) Why? Who needs. All right, he's ordering too many. What's the threshold? All right, 50 cases of rubber bands. I you're think gonna, there's got to be something start, like that for like... You start tapping your phone lines and shit. For like meth, start too. Start watching you. <laughs> something about mm-hmm. meth. Like, there's got to be some red flag where it's like, hey, it's right here. Hey, you bought too many Pyrex beakers. <laughs> yeah. You're probably making meth. Like, there's got to be some... There's got to be a telltale sign of meth. Yeah, and I don't know if they just have like... You know, some other person like, hey, I need you to order these beakers for me. They, just, they probably do. They probably get away do. with it, but it's probably the dude from Breaking Bad. Yeah, they probably know their shit. They probably know. Oh, I know this place is on the corner up the street where you can still get beakers. Just well, it's like you knew where that you knew where they would sell you alcohol when you were a kid. Right. 
Word on the street is I'm a suspect. <laughs> Hanging with the kills in the projects. Tato on a bear, be quiet. That's one of my favorite lines that I've ever broken down from hip hop. He said, word on the street, I'm a suspect. Okay, fair. Yeah. Hanging with the kills in the projects. Makes sense that you're a suspect. Tato on the barrel, keep quiet. Shh. Catch a nigga slipping from behind. He said, Tato on the barrel. It's the fact that motherfuckers will make silencers out of potatoes. They shoot through the potato. You can also do this with a pillow, I've heard from CSI. But he said, Tato on the barrel, keep quiet. Catch a nigga slipping from behind. And at first, for so long I said the term and I a didn't. potato, huh? I didn't think, like, or like know what it was, so I didn't even think about it. And I was like, huh? About how long do you think it took for people to figure out to use a potato as a silencer? I mean, sometime after the gun was created, I don't know. I feel just like shooting a shit, and then they realize, oh, that's kind of quiet, dude. Right? Well, I mean, and like all of your, you know, assassin movies, they always shoot them through the pillow, right? So, I mean, that muffling noise. I don't know, man. I, I don't. I, it's been a while since I've committed a murder. I, I <laughs> it's really been know. a minute. It's been a while. I, my technique might be a little rusty. Yeah, I, I don't know how they're doing it these days. No, these kids probably murdering way more efficiently than I we used fucking, to back in our day. I whistle at a stripper and then drive my car on the sidewalk for a couple blocks while I was headed to my next fucking Grand Theft Auto mission. That's the only murder that I ever did when I was a kid. <laughs> That's about as murderous as a guy in my household. <laughs> Shout out to Grand Theft Auto, though, for showing me all the shit that I wasn't supposed to see. Shout out. Man, parents still blaming video games for things. Are drunk as fuck. Maybe you should play a parenting video game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, dude. They're just going to play the them. game. Well, that's going to be bad, too. They're just going to get sucked into the game and still not parent the kid. They're going to be parenting the virtual kid yeah. and forget about the real one. Like, like but, Sims. But my virtual kid's going to Harvard. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that, bro. <laughs> well, your real child's going to Child Protective Services, so great job. <laughs> yeah, great job, Mom. <laughs> No, I, I mean, being a parent seems to be quite the fucking battle. So, you know, shout out to you if you're out there doing the parenting thing right. I don't have to do that right now. Yeah. But if you're doing it wrong, at the minimum, understand me for talking shit about you because it's not my fault you're a bad parent. You can't go into that whole, oh, we're going to have a kid just half-ass it. No, no. you got That's a whole, whole all-the-way-in scenario. Like, that is a... You put your right foot all the way fucking in type shit. Like, like, you should be trying to be a better person than you've been your whole life. It's like, all right, fuck. Now I got Because now it's bigger than you. It's way it's bigger. Way it's bigger like, than I got to raise a actual living human creature thing. <laughs> and people fuck it up. Yeah, like, horrifically. In so many different ways. There's so many different ways. There's so many different ways you could fuck it, is, it up, There's too. so many ways you can fuck it up. Oh, my God. Which is why, like, why are we not having motherfuckers get graduate deg- degrees in parenting? Like, why yeah. is that not something that exists? Man, if you're a neglective parent, not there enough, that's bad. Oh, if you're, like, on top of them, hovering over them too you, much, They're probably going to get a coke habit. Like, God. I don't know. Shit crazy. But we're Isn't all just walking through this life pretending that we know shit. We on the same trip. We just got different baggage. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Mac Miller, actually. I got to quote that one because, you know, rest in peace. R.I.P. But what went on for Mac? Yes, he is. You were saying earlier, uh, when you first mentioned TED Talk and everything, might have been before we started with podcasting and everything, that the spoken word thing is very powerful. And that it's... Uh, I cleared it. Nice. 
Uh, We've done it. It's on the record now. Why do you think the spoken word is so important? I think maybe it's because, like, uh, well, for one, that's an origin. Yeah. When we first started communication, that's all, yeah, it's, that's all we had. That's all it was. That was fundamental. But now, and now, like, however many thousands of years later and shit, and now with, with this kind of technology, uh, we've made <coughs> video and shit, too, which is great also. But, uh, you know, obviously the sound is always still important. Even just in that bare minimum, bare bones form, just radio Podcast or whatever. Or radio, yeah. You know, we got the camera here, but we wouldn't have to. I mean, no. And then, I, I have a couple of theories. Number one, you hit the nail on the head. It's always been like this. It was it was hand me down orations before anyone wrote shit down. Right. And social media is just another version of writing shit down. Um, it's always gonna be better when you can see it and hear because that adds a level of interpretation. We're very visual creatures. That's why we stand upright. Our eyes are very complex. We can see long distances, over horizons, all that good shit. But it really comes down to that hearing piece. But I think that the other reason why it's going to take such a hold or why it always has is that, well, it's twofold. One, it's very readily accessible. People can get access to it very easily. And it's something that you can, even though you cannot technically multitask, it's something that you can do while doing other things. Mm -hmm. And in this day and age, especially in our culture, in our society, the rate at which we're supposed to be productive or just how much we would like to be pleasured seeing as we have so much pleasure at our fingertips all the time mm -hmm. um, is very high. So you, you have a lot of people who want to be able to just throw it on while they're doing this or, you know, listen to this talk while they're driving or, you know, all of these kind of things. Whereas music is always service for that. For as long as I can remember, people play music in their car and play music while they're cleaning and all True. that stuff. Um, I think it's just, it's just a different type of, content that's coming out music is very topical and that song is going to mean something and that song is something but if you're listening to like this person's podcast you might be getting their perspective but you might be listening to a different topic every single day mm -hmm. and so i think that's a different type of what you're trying to consume is different in right. that specific instance but regardless i think that is something that is going to be it's going to persist and it's only going to get better i feel like I don't really think people are going to get tired of it. It's probably going to be a way more competitive market um, when it comes to if people are throwing music on or throwing podcasts on or like they're just throwing spoken word mm -hmm. on rather than music. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a, it's probably the biggest percentage or the closest percentage that it's been probably in a long time. Right. I think also one of the other big things is that as a society, um, when people started being able to like say you know record things like uh, like audio or you know video uh, and then that shit started getting distributed as far as like oh now you know not just hollywood but for example like hollywood like oh now we got movies radio shows just like that kind of media of mm -hmm. dispersing like mm -hmm. information to the masses you yeah know? well with radio tv we're just being able to disperse information at a greater rate for farther distance you know you know, for, to most people. And for a long time, you know, that shit is like, you know, it's a network. It's run by, like, executives and producers and this and that. And over, you know, it didn't take them long before they developed this kind of, like, whole standard or the way they just operate, the way they're used to operating to where, like, uh, like as, as it's been for a long time and as it is now, like, just in the business of, like, 
say movies television even news shows or whatever it's like they have a format you know it's like all right now we're gonna stick to these topics it's always someone behind your shoulder saying we're gonna do this hey how about, you, what talk, about why the, don't you talk more about this or what oh, about you can't the say advertisers that. yeah yeah exactly what about our shareholders and the board members <laughs> they're gonna want you to talk about this this week and our you know uh you know, revenue's down from last quarter, so we need to see what we can what do to bring that it? up. What's his name? Uh, Tucker Carlson. That's the, exactly the motherfucker that you're talking about right now. Yeah. Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Stupid face. Anyone who wants to have any kind of show, it's just like you got all these people behind you now. And then now, like, with how we can just anyone can put some bullshit out there now, like I do with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. That's And, and when I said accessibility, I should have definitely touched on the fact that not only is it easier to get to it but it's now easier to put it out uh-huh. it's a two-way street now definitely and I think that that is you're allowing people to get so fucking niche that they can really just interact with the people who want that specific thing like mm-hmm. there's a there's a podcast on plumbing you know what let me make sure because i say this a lot and i looked at it once and i thought that there was but just to make sure on plumbing plumbing podcast yeah i think there's a podcast for everything now it's getting super saturated like five podcasts all builders and plumbing contracts need to listen to plumbing podcast the plumbing podcast produced by the plumbing contractors of america pca this podcast relies on industry experts owners and manufacturers to offer insights to plumbing contractors on innovative new products and practices what are you fucking <laughs> Serious, bro. They, Are you serious, bro? Some people who are really into their job, they dude, really love dude, plumbing. Dude, what I'm saying is, as absurd as that shit is, the reality of the matter is, you can get that niche if you want to. You can take it all the way there if yeah. you want to. It's just a matter of who you're trying to market to. And if you, the the further you get into your niche, the more diehard fans you'll have. But the further you get into it, the more people you're cutting out of that market view. Mm-hmm. And that's just the decision that you want to make as far as scalability. How do you? How many people do you think are gonna like what you're talking about among the world? They probably have a fuck ton of listeners. Yeah, because it's not that competitive. But if you want to talk about how to lose weight, it's gonna be a hefty fucking penny you're paying for that ad word. Dude, it'd be super crazy to go down different wormholes of like listening to different types of podcasts you never listened to i'll check out the plumbing plumbing no. podcast. You're just gonna, <laughs> like did you know like the three quarter inch pipe is the standard for most american homes but in europe that it's actually five eighths but yeah yeah gonna, I, you would have listen listen gonna, <laughs> i believed you what you just said there i don't need to listen like, to oh, the guy. Yeah, yeah, wow <laughs> I, that's I, interesting whatever yes <laughs> sure fucking great like i'm not doing my own shit so I mean, maybe one day. No, I'm not even. No, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do that. I will pay someone to do that. Yeah, yeah. But my point being, I think <laughs> that what's important is making sure that people keep meaning in mind. And that's what I think. That's something that I really am going to start pushing forward a lot with, especially this TED Talk kind of has that vibe to it. My music's going to sound like that as well. But mm-hmm. just like, if you can't tell me why you're here, then can you tell yourself? Like, and maybe you can and it's just so personal to you that that's that's how you want to rock with it which mm-hmm. fucking great i'm happy for you but like if you can't and you can't tell me because you don't know mm-hmm. problem because then when push comes to shove and you don't have an answer for yourself it's gonna be much harder for you not to make a stupid ass decision yeah or do something that you're gonna regret 
because that's where most people, when they get to that point where they think that they have no other options, that's when they make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And you, you always have options. The one thing that people can't take away from you is your ability to choose how you're going to feel in any given circumstance. No one can take that from you. You can always choose how you want to experience something. And oftentimes when bad things happen, it's your experiences that you're reeling from. It's not actually the thing in that of itself. It's how you perceive the thing in reference to you life at that time, mm-hmm. your life at the time. And that's very important because people have this helplessness to them when they interact with these, the bows and arrows of fate is what Shakespeare said. But just the fucked up shit that happens to people. And it's like, yeah, welcome to the club. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. People get hit by earthquakes, bro. Like For tsunamis sure. happen. Like so mm-hmm. you just got robbed today. Like, what are you? I, Sorry. It's like, if you, if you manage to have a great life, do you understand how lucky you are? <laughs> do you like, do you have any idea? Like how? Like yeah, just some dude. kick ass, especially in this day and age, just all these, oh, we got air conditioning and whatever. And that's that's such a big part of it right there is mm-hmm. like how much we've pretty much cracked the code in our specific society because we really have. Like most of the people that are sad are sad just because situations didn't turn out the way that they would have hoped. Mm-hmm. They're not actually sad because they're missing the things that are going to lead to them living a basic fundamental life. Yeah. Whereas there are people who the reason that they are dying is because they do not have access to clean water. The water that we have in our toilets is cleaner than the water mm-hmm. that they would need to survive. They could legitimately drink to, out of our toilet water like a golden retriever and it would be better than the current situation that they're in. Yeah. And we legitimately shit on their dreams, on what they need. To survive, the only thing that they could ever dream of to correct what they have going on, we shit on, on a regular basis. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. It's fucking insane. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking insane, bro. <laughs> yeah, and, like, for one, if we're, like, if you're, like, born in America, it's like you've already won the lottery. You have won. You know, like. You have won. Like. And, and like, for, and that's coming from me. And that's the thing. A lot yeah. of people get mad at me for saying that because, you know, I'm black in America, so, mm-hmm. you know laundry list of it's not like we don't have, especially yeah. other groups of people might not have problems i mean we all <laughs> exactly. got problems you know exactly like, but, if but you generally say, speaking, like how many places could i live like i'm living right now it's not everywhere in the world it's actually a select few of them who would allow me to have the amount of automaticity and freedoms despite the freedoms that i don't have here all the way it'd be way fucking worse in mm-hmm. other parts of the country yeah and like i don't have to deal with that shit I do to a certain extent with some things, but like if someone says nigger to me in my face, I'm going to knock them the fuck out or I'm going to call the cops on you. One of two (laughs) things are happening. Both are going to end poorly for you. And I get to do both of them and I get to be a fucking hero. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole different ball game, bro. This is the sixties. I did my, I probably had people come to my house and shoot my ass. Yeah. And that's how it and was. That's not even that long ago at all. Not at all. Not even close to being like, no (laughs) fucking, there are people whose grandparents, we're doing sit-ins. Right. I just saw they were talking about the uh, that first girl that integrated the elementary school. Yeah, whatever. bro. You know, she's Talk like, about a fucking hero. They were cussing. She's like my girl. parents' age or something. Yeah. Henrietta. No, that wasn't that. That was the penicillin chick. But yeah, man. I don't know. That's a whole different conversation, and we don't even need to get into that. But that that drum is being beaten by people who are more well-versed and have bitter, bigger and better dogs in the fight. And I don't necessarily feel like I have to push that as much now 
as I would have in the 2012 when people thought racism was over because Obama was fucking president. Ugh. So I know that. And so I, I've kind of eased off of that. Trump's fucking it up right now, but he's mm. also exposing a lot of shit. I, yeah, it's so honestly it's like, like good. Uh, like I'm what just picking it, up like, the crumbs, bro. I'm just out here calling people the fuck out. And it's like anyone that said what they said when they did it, when they thought that the world was going to go they th- the way they thought it was going to go, you fucked up. Because this is what actually blew my mind. And this is one of my favorite. This is probably one of my. Just you tell me what your perspective on this is. I got asked by the news. Was I surprised that Charlottesville happened? And I was like. What the fuck did you just like, are you serious? Like. The fact that they were out there saying the Jews will not replace us and basically marching through the town with torches. Y'all know that shit was happening like 50 years ago. Like, and if you want to talk about 50 years on the grand scheme of things, that ain't shit. There's people who are 50 years old. That was a whole ass memory for somebody that lived at that time right now. Mm -hmm. So they're not surprised. I would only be surprised if I didn't know that people like that exist. Then, yes, I'd be like, oh, my God, but no, no. Yeah, like, I mean, are you supposed to be surprised? Like, you know, she's like, like but in this day and age. Okay, so here's my point. One, the shit was just happening. Not even long ago. And this is still fucking America that we're talking about. Let's remember, Manifest Destiny, that was us. Concentration, channel, concentration camps with Japanese people, also us. Fucking CIA doing mind testing on college students, still us. Like, yeah. All of these things. All actually happened. And that's something that you take for being able to buy a fucking Whopper. Like, yeah, we get it. Mm-hmm. So I get that part. But the part that <laughs> the part that's interesting about the fucking. Oh, what? I just I just lost my train of thought. Where were we were I before this? No, you were talking about how they asked you how you reacted to Charlottesville. Oh, Charlottesville. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. I got I was talking I was thinking about a whopper. <laughs> and it's a whole other thing. But the reason I was surprised is that a lot of the times it, it boils down to this. This was the first time where I felt like more people were on the side of that's fucking racist than them weren't mm-hmm. every other time before this in history of America, it's been most of the people who are either like, yeah, fuck those niggers or the people who are just like, Oh, it can't be that bad. But now I think that because of the awareness, because of the BLM movement and Twitter and all of this shit that has brought this to the real surface of mm-hmm. consciousness, people know it. And there's people who are put in positions now who are saying that shit's not okay. And the motherfuckers who are like, Let's reinforce the fucking bigotry. These motherfuckers are on TV. We saw mm. their faces. Yeah. We can identify you. Yeah. That racist shit you said on Twitter when Trump got elected, I still have a screenshot of it. Like, I'm not, I don't forget anything. Yeah. So I think that it's... I, I was more surprised of the reeling from it mm-hmm. and the reaction to it because it was actually shaking out in a way that looked like it favored for that shit not to really happen as much anymore. Yeah. And that's good. But, like, generally surprised... Fuck no. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> and things are changing because of with the internet and everything, you know, ever since that happened, now this Crazy, flow bro. of information again. So now people are opening their minds to bigger ideas. So there's yep. 
less small-mindedness and narrow-mindedness, whatever. But there's but, it's still some, and it well, usually resides in the country. And it's bringing it to light, it's in the too. Country. It's like, you know, putting a fucking spotlight on it, you know? Because yes. like you said, I got the screenshot on Twitter. That's the other thing. People communicating online like fucking oh, two-year-olds because they just want to go online and start arguments be- behind like a fucking... Forget, bro. Yeah, but people forget. used to just be like... You know, like they can say that shit at dinner parties. They like, can say that shit at dinner parties, and nobody was gonna call them on it because all of the motherfuckers in there either feel the same or don't feel strongly enough to correct your ass. Mm-hmm. Now say that shit at the wrong place and let it be a camera somewhere. You're fucked. Game over, bro. Yeah. Done. The person at the restaurants doing that shit, cut them niggas out. The people who were doing it in public and had TV shows, they got canceled too. Like, it's yeah. it's it's more. You you have to be way more closet with it because if you're not, your ass is gonna end up on CNN, yeah, in some motherfucking yep. khakis with a goddamn tiki torch in your hand with your face like showing. right there, you racist piece of shit. Yeah. Like yes, we know that's who you are now. I would like you to not be my dentist because it was before it was like you know the people who were giving out loans for houses, fucking Donald Trump who literally got in trouble for not giving loans to people of color. Mm-hmm. You had people who were doing it in healthcare and wouldn't want to treat certain patients. You had people who were doing it when it came to the services and now they want to offer you the same services. Like the person yeah. who didn't want to make the cake for the gay people, not equating gay people to black people, but I'm just saying mm. similar plights. My point being these people didn't have to be upfront with it. They could just be doing this shit in the back and have these views. And why'd you make the decision? Because I thought it was the right one, but actually your ass racist as fuck. Mm-hmm. Now you have those same people who are getting exposed. And that nigga ran a person over and killed her. And some somebody wanted... Talking about the dude that ran over the yeah. protesters. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you're a piece of shit. And yeah. I'm glad you didn't get away. And I'm right. glad you're going to d- pay for your crimes. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to kill you, but I kind of want them to kill you. But whatever. You, you made one of the worst decisions of all time. Out of one of the stupidest mindsets of all time. Yeah. And I don't think you should exist. But that is an opinion. And mm-hmm. the fact that there are people who will take that onto themselves to make that a thing and make sure people don't exist, you better have a very good fucking reason. Because I think he shouldn't, but I don't think that she shouldn't have. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. When you get in that, because that's the one question, you don't get to go back on that one. If, if someone lives or dies is the question. You get to choose it for yourself and other people if you're the right type of person. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean right in a good way. <laughs> I don't mean right in a good way. I don't because I don't know if there's any good part of killing somebody. I mean, depends on who you're asking, but I don't mm-hmm. think there's any good part of killing somebody. Yeah. But it seems to happen quite a bit. Right. What are your thoughts on free speech, like people being able to do what they do in like Charlottesville or whatever? Um, because I say like, you know, you can't be yelling Jews when I replace. I don't know, bro. There's a clear line in in our PC culture today. It's way too far on the sensitive side. Like I saw a hilarious fucking tweet and it was like in 2011, I put up a YouTube video showing the recipe to cook crack cocaine. And now I can't even tell a fat bitch they're fat. And I was like, that's hilarious. Like that is objectively funny. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and the crazy thing about it for me is like, I know I say things that make people feel uncomfortable, but I don't ever say anything I don't mean. So if you feel uncomfortable with it, you must feel uncomfortable with something that I said. Perfectly fine. Let's talk about it. Like, Mm. I want to know what that was. And if I can defend what I'm saying and you're just upset because you're a little bitch, 
that doesn't really have much to do with me. That is more reflective of your mm-hmm. character. But don't don't see yourself as the victim in the conversation and then wonder why people are doing bad shit to you in the conversation. People are ready. It pays to be a victim in America. Yeah. If you're somebody that's been wrong, that means you have something on the back end. And, like, that's one reason people have a lot of beef with, like, the white feminist movement. Because it's like, yeah, you should get all of these things that the people who look just like you aren't getting for the most part. And you don't seem to be too concerned about that. But you were very concerned about you getting those same things, even though you pretty much have them already. Yeah. It's like, that's tough. That's tough. Cause it's like what everyone's worst day is their worst day. So you can't really play that game of whose situation's worse. But it's an interesting question to ask. Nonetheless. Yeah. 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 And the other thing about that is like, well, like with the people going out and doing that, uh, showing their faces or being on Twitter and saying, stupid doing ass. stupid stuff. It's like nowadays you're going to, what the, you're going to get doxxed or whatever, you know, you know, you know, call you out, release your personal information, even, you know, shit. Will a lot of those people lost their jobs. Some people out lost their to jobs. Dr- yes. So, and yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> and so it's like, well, free, you got freedom of speech, but that doesn't mean freedom from repercussions. So no. Does that sort itself no. out? Like, I mean, they're going to. And, and, mean, and my, okay. So the other part of free speech, the other part that I think is important is that it's, it's a spectrum. Everything's a fucking spectrum. The, cl- the quicker that people realize that there is no, but I want everyone to feel included in conversation. If you do that, you will immediately exclude everything that anyone has a problem with. Mm -hmm. That's a zero-sum game. Those don't work. So you have to realize that there's a spectrum and that someone's always going to have a problem with it and then do your best to pick out the ones that seem to have no utility. That's what they were supposed to do with Schedule 1 and Schedule 2 and Schedule 3 drugs, but they have one, a Schedule 1 drug, heroin, with the same level of a Schedule 1 drug, marijuana. You got me fucked up yeah. the people i know that do heroin i don't know any of them and the people i know that smoke weed i know a lot of them yeah. that in that of itself is the good enough for me like no dude <laughs> shit like that is like why i can't take society seriously because you can't you should bullshit you like, shouldn't yeah. It's a bro. We're just when, idiots trying to figure out how to operate this fucking vehicle like you when know? you realize that the reason that the person in the White House is in the White House is because there's an X amount of people that seriously considered building a whole ass wall across land farms when we can't even keep fires out <sighs> on the West Coast. Shit is literally freezing to death in the Midwest, and we got enough rain on the East Coast. To wipe the fucking face of it clean. What do you think is going to happen to the wall? Number one. Number two. Why do you need a wall? What is the purpose of the wall? Dude, it's like, it's at this point, it's like some ideological shit or like some kind of identity politics or something to where it's like, because even if you had like a hard stance on immigration, there's plenty of reasons why a wall is like a horrible idea. <laughs> like Ladders! You know? Saws! <laughs> like Tunnels! Not to mention... We, we're literally watching the Chapo trials. He got away from all of that shit with tunnels. That and, was the thing. And the statistics, it's like most illegal immigrants or bad things that come through the border is not through like the wall's gonna no it's not through just walking across fly yeah and and my point being this fly swim if you become so much and the facticity transcendence thing plays a very big piece in this again Mm -hmm. if you become so 
caught up in your facticity. I am a Republican. I do this. I am this. Then you stop giving yourself the ability to transcend that and update your view of the world. Because things are going to change and you have to be able to adapt and ebb and flow with those things. Dude, oh man, some of these people are like, like almost sometimes on purpose, it seems like hindering their ability to like want it's to or be able to adapt. It's on purpose. Dude, it's on purpose. Th- these people are like voting for like Definitely on purpose. child molesters. It's <laughs> like, well, he's a Republican. My father always said never vote Democrat. So I've got to listen to Let me just tell my... you an actual conversation that I have with someone. <laughs> and right. I'm not going to say who this person is. Hopefully they don't want, I mean, I hope they don't watch this, but if they got this far in this video specifically, <laughs> we're going to have plenty of things to talk about. Already. So they're not going to watch it. <laughs> I'm having a conversation with this person. We're talking about who we voted for. Mm -hmm. Now, me and my girlfriend sat down and looked up every single person that was running for public office and chose which person we wanted to vote for. Mm -hmm. Did the backstory, looked at even the fucking libertarians. The Republicans had some crazy shit going on. And this area has always kind of leaned Democratic. So it was kind of nice that all the Democratic people were kind of straight-edged. Some weirdos, but straight-edged for the most part. And there was... Literally one of the girls that were running for the notary said that she'd rather have her kid be with an abusive family than a gay family. It's like, whoa. But I get it, but whoa. Anyway, so we do all of our research. We make our votes. Like, you know, good American citizens. This person says, you know what? I was just so upset with my House representative vote. I was, you know, we had this candidate. She was a former governor. She was great. She spoke well. She sounded like she was going to do some great things. And then we had this, you know, this bitch. She was running for the Republican Party, and she's just terrible. And I didn't like her at all. And she didn't, wasn't going to do anything. But I had to vote for her because she was the Republican, and I don't want them to have that power in the House, all the way up there in D.C. And I'm just like, what? 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 <laughs> you literally voted against your moral obligation. As a resident of where you fucking live to some ideological battle that you have no actual control over on any kind of mass scale. You literally subjected your entire existence in this place to that one thing because you don't actually clearly understand how the fuck this works, apparently. That is the only thing that I grasp for that conversation. That's it. You just don't fucking get it. Yeah. You're missing the ball. Swing and a miss. (laughs) People walking around their whole lives like just with this fucking backwards tornado of like reasoning like what the stupid. fuck stupid and those are the people that's why back again why we need to take off the warning labels because the people like that don't can't reason for shit so you know they're not gonna get very far so i think that's what dude we, but I like but then if to. you if you talk about taking off the warning labels that gets towards libertarian and i don't believe that we <laughs> should be libertarians i think that the government does have a lot of functions that work well and i think that they do their jobs moderately well on a lot of things the roads could be nicer but i think that the more important thing is from a moral standpoint we have to do a lot of work as a collective society because people are getting it fucked up as to what we care about and for me i think that while you should try to do as much as you can to give to people everyone's gonna eventually need some type of reciprocation Mm -hmm. and they said it was a white lash when Trump got elected. The middle class thought they were forgot about. They didn't identify with Obama, and he was someone that they could blame the fact that the middle and lower middle class is taking a hit, but it's really not his fault. 
the wealthy people who are just funneling money right off the top because that's what they've always done. That's how corporations work, and that's what capitalism leads to every fucking time. doesn't matter. And here's another crazy thing. You can more... It's easier to, to fantasize or to imagine the world literally ending from a nuclear bomb than capitalism ending, and we adopt a different way of doing buying your goods. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's not. And, like, that's fucking terrifying. Because what does that mean for the nuclear crisis? We're not touching that with the fucking 10-foot pole. But what does that mean for capitalism? That we are just this much on board with this shit that we're just like, oh, yeah, blow the fucking world up. Yeah, I've heard it said that, you know, in order to transition to a different society, like, you know, way of operating, uh, uh, capitalism has to just collapse, you know? It it would have to get to that point, you know? That's what I've heard. You know how many people would die if that happened? A fuck ton. And that's what... That's what Nietzsche was referring to when he said God was dead. And then he had two fucking world wars. And it's just like, holy shit. And we we don't have... the Our society as a whole for a long time land uh, rested on the religion. We were just, this is okay, we'll take this. And then once people realized that that shit has more holes than Swiss cheese, they were like, what the fuck? And then we just slipped slowly into madness. I mean, it's always been madness. Popes have been touching little boys for the entirety of the whole popehood. But... I think that it's interesting, man. People are, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. It's bad now. And I said it's going to get worse before it's going to get better in yeah. 2016. So, like, I think yeah. that we're getting there. But it's like, fucking, dude. I don't know if anything good can take over. I mean, I think we're ironing out some bumps with this whole, with the internet taking over and with this spread of information. There's a lot of crazy yeah. shit happening right yeah. now. There's a lot of conflict, and I think it's just because that's like a symptom of, well, now all of a sudden there's become this huge way to get, uh, to send and receive information, you know? The collective consciousness is definitely expanding at a rate that I don't think that it's ever expanded in the history of humans. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's interesting because me as a human, like my strong suit is that I can tap into that pretty much whenever I want. I taught myself how to do a lot of the skills that I market myself for right now, and that's good because the information is so accessible now. Before, if I was having to read out of textbooks or I had to go study under fucking Aristotle, if I couldn't make it there, there goes my literary or my, you know, creative aspirations out of the window or mm-hmm. my, you know, just how I was going to enhance my mind. Now, I can get on and teach myself anything, anything off of YouTube. Yeah. Literally anything. And like if you can't find it there, you can find it. Someone wrote about it. They just didn't have enough money to make a fucking YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Like it's all there. Yeah. It's getting better and better and quicker at a Elon Musk said a business was a cytokinetic organism made up of man and machine. And I was like, holy shit on a stick, Batman. Like mm. that is disgusting if you think about it, but it sounds like it makes a lot of money. Like that way that he ex- explained that sounds profitable. Yeah. And that's, capitalism literally coming out of my mouth like mm. that is the the shining light of capitalism showing right through who gives a fuck what the implications are that sounds like it's going to be better than whatever the fuck else the option is mm. and that is great for the part of our brains that are like ooh, that's new but that's bad for the part of the world that's like do we have enough energy to sustain that like yeah which is a whole other question bro yeah definitely 
and I'm not even scared of AI anymore. I know this shit's gonna happen. Fucking Stephen Hawking yeah, had the scared, eye, really. had the eye tracking keyboard, so he was talking and fucking. I think. Well, uh, you heard that quote where it's like, uh, "Man is the sex organs for machines, robots, basically." Like this is just a temporary thing, yeah, you know. Like, yeah. We're leading to something bigger. Yeah, because our something different. consciousness will continue. Like the evolution of species. Like yeah. you know, we didn't start as like this. No, we we're like as like Homo erectus or whatever the fuck, Homo sapien and shit. Like and Neanderthal, like, yeah. Get them. They they fucked their way in there too. Yeah, Neanderthal and like whatever the fuck the other ones are called. <laughs> it's something to think about. Like I mean, that level of like that whatever the utopian view of man and machine combining at the end i'm imagining something that looks like the fucking silver power ranger that's just like an all-glowing eye and it's indestructible whatever that is if that's the thing great like if that's what we're supposed to go to but the biggest fear is that i've at 25 i've been able to identify such unbelievably dark and deep flaws in our character as human beings what the fuck is the machine gonna do when it's like Oh, yeah. you guys are fucked. Like, what, what? You can't think anything else besides let's get them the fuck out of here. Mm. Like, that's the, because that's what I would do if I was crazy. And that's what the fucking Unabomber was trying to do because he was crazy. Yeah. Like, he knew where this was going. He was smart enough to be like, no, we shouldn't do this. And he tried. And while I do agree with all things that are convenience and forward moving progress to decrease the amount of suffering, I do also understand that. Fucking people do bad things. And if they have more ability to do bad things and it's better for them personally, they'll do more bad things. And who knows if that's not bad things with robots. <laughs> like mm-hmm. something to think about. You know, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, he was a victim of like like I think L S D experimentation from like at a yeah, university. Yeah. So it's like he thought like technology was bad or something like that. His society society failed him. He was a genius, and they said they read his manifesto and they're like anybody who reads this and doesn't agree with how his conclusion, what his conclusion comes to, is just not crazy enough, just not crazy enough to understand it, because he was right on all fronts. Just the but now I need to kill everybody part was a small stretch from where he was actually writing from. Mm-hmm. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's fucked up because my the philosophy that I'm lending myself to, which I would consider myself an existentialist, that would probably be the best way to describe my view of the world. I don't think any of this shit actually matters, but I can't say that out loud because then everybody thinks I'm weird, which fine. I don't really care. And you could just you could say like, well, what does that mean? What matters to you? Like, you know, like, oh, sure. I, oh, my mom and dad matter to me or something. Well, the only thing that matters to me is what matters to me. Exactly. That's the thing that people. Does it matter to the universe? That's what people get fucked up. It's like, yeah, okay. Christianity may, let's, let me ease off Christianity because I've been going on in hard today. Let's say Scientology. No, they're all right. Scientology, right. They're doing great. (laughs) So let's, uh, they have been for quite a while now. But, um, Let's say Scientology. It, someone says, I believe in Scientology. The only reason why that has someone somewhat of a different luster than I have my own personal philosophy is because there's more people that believe in that concept that are similar to you, and you can go get feedback, reciprocate off of those ideas. Mm-hmm. Here's the kicker. You still chose that. That, I'm going to let this be my belief, or that I'm going to let this mean something to me, still was a 
decision that you yourself personally made. Meaning, even though that meaning means something to you, it still only means something to you because you made it mean something to you. Yeah. Meaning that even if you don't go find your own, you're still going and finding your own. Mm-hmm. And whether yeah. or not you want to rest your laurel on someone else's groundwork, because that's really what it is, is someone thought of some shit before you had to do it. Mm-hmm. If you want to rest your laurels on that because it makes sense, it makes sense. Do it. But like, if you try to throw that shit in my face, I will eat you alive because I've done enough of the front work to be able to say this is what I personally believe because I tried all of the other ways. Yeah. I've read into a lot of wisdom from ancient cultures and whereas a lot of them make a lot of sense most of the time, none of them make all the sense all the time. Mm -hmm. And so if nobody's nailed it at this point, what the fuck do I look like trying? But what I do realize is that because I don't subscribe to some higher level that's going to befall me when I get done living this life as a great person, and then I wait for some other life to do it. Mm-hmm. I really love the fact that I get to lay next to my hot ass girlfriend. Every right. Day. I really, exactly. really love. And I lay into that feeling all the time. I love the fact that I looked out of my door today and there was just wires and cables lit everywhere. And there was just energy moving throughout the whole thing. Cause it's like, we built this. I mm-hmm. didn't do it, but it's here to service me because this is something that I'm a part of. And it's like, I have those deep profound moments of appreciation because I know that that means just as much as whatever the fuck else I'm trying to hold leverage mm-hmm. as like I'm trying to hold up as meaningful, you know, mm-hmm. it's those everyday experiences that I feel are really the ones that are going to be like more forward moving for you in your life, pushing you forward and pulling you forward to the next day, making you not want to give up. And Albert Camus said, should I wake up? I woke up today. Should I have a cup of coffee or should I kill myself? It's like, well, I'd probably say the coffee, but like, I mean, the, and the point that he's, the reason he said it in that manner is because that is the way at which meaning is thrown around in some circles Mm -hmm. because it means that little to them, but it's like, don't kill yourself. That's not really solving the problem of how ridiculous this life is and how you don't even know if you're supposed to be here. That doesn't answer it. That just makes you stop thinking about it. If anything, you're you're a coward. And I can't say that I understand how everyone feels when they make that decision. But my point being, if you pick something that will pull you forward to the next day, it's a lot easier. If you don't have to worry about what if you have a why. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you have a reason to keep moving, you'll keep moving. And I mean, everybody needs meaning and a little money. That right. seems to be the case. Yeah. Definitely have to have purpose and shit. Gotta have it, sure. It's super yeah. important. Man, the thing about suicide is like, oh, if, like if people are considering it, it's like usually because, well, depressed or something, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, I don't want to be here when I'm in this or whatever. With usually because, I guess, from what you've heard or been told or hope is that in the back of your head, you're just thinking like, well, suicide, well, whatever is, you know, that's better than this, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm going through right now. It's like, they just have that idea. It's like, is it though? Is it? I always wonder that. I'm like, is it? What if, you know? What if it's nothing? What if living is, you know, great, and then afterwards, if there is anything afterwards, what if it's like, meh, well, <laughs> meh. I wish I was alive still, and yeah. then you just killed yourself, so you're like, fuck. Yeah. This is actually not that, this is actually not better. <laughs> well, know? and what what his point is, is like, if you do it, you regret it, probably. Like, no matter what is on the other side, there's part of this part that you're going to probably miss, even if everything was terrible. There's something about it that you're going to want. 
And if it's nothing, then your existence doesn't even get a choice to regret it, but it still is going to because it's gone now. Mm -hmm. So if you don't do it, you're probably going to regret it too, but at least you don't, that's the one decision that you make. You don't really get to go back on Yeah, and you don't get to really reflect on. That's why I think that the reflection piece is what's really important is like, you don't get to say, I wonder how what would have happened differently. Uh, no, that's it. It's over. And the people who get close and then don't go through with it oftentimes find themselves regretting trying. Yeah. And so it's it's interesting, man. It's interesting. But, I mean, people, one of my ex-girlfriend's brother killed themselves. And, like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say to her. I didn't know how to help. And I just felt helpless. But I'm sure that's something that he felt. And whereas I, I would like to have said that I was upset about him, I was more upset for the situation than I was even sad for him because mm. I saw what the ripple effect was exactly yeah. throughout his social circle. So it's heavy, man. But I mean, I'm here for the bullshit. I think that's one of the reasons why I talk about shit like this a lot is just because it doesn't really hold such intrinsic weight to my character and my soul. Mm -hmm. And so I can throw around shit and talk about it, whereas some people will get emotionally attached. But I welcome it. It's very good. It helps me reflect and like see where other people are coming from. Definitely. Put together a better picture of the world and shit. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, well, it's great to want to have conversations about crazy topics and all that kind of shit, you know? Let your mind get out there, you know? Oh, yeah. What, or, what, 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 or what are you doing it for? Like, yeah, why, yeah. If you're, gonna you're, not gonna, you're just not going to think about, you're just going to block <laughs> off some subjects. Like, man, I just, I don't like to talk about that. Yeah. Well, then you should probably talk about it. You probably should. That's probably, whatever, <laughs> let me say it like this. For anyone that's made it this far in the video, <laughs> whatever you're not trying to think about or not trying to do or whatever you're really scared of talking about or really scared to confront do it whatever that is whatever just flashed in your head before you heard me say do it do that shit yeah. it sounds awful it sounds terrible it's because it is but that's usually exactly what you need to do to enhance your quality of life and it could be something menial all the way to something very grandiose and very detrimental to yeah. the people around you but like you gotta act yeah action Numero. like do something different every day Numero. do something that scares you every day yeah, don't yeah. be an idiot but don't be a, don't do math one of my favorite quotes is uh the comfort zone is beautiful but nothing grows there ah. i mean that's beautiful you know you gotta beautiful. fucking get the fuck out there you comfort gotta you gotta get uncomfortable the comfort like, zone was, is dope bro i was in my bed <laughs> the other day my girlfriend was watching bachelor my tv right next to her i'm playing red dead i was like i think this is the, this is about as good as it gets what am I chasing after this? Like, literally nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what? Hell we yeah. Made it. Definitely. Man, well, you were going to say something earlier about Disney. Oh, all right. What time is it? You got time? Yeah. We uh, have to wrap right, it up. I'm going to wrap this up. All right, yes. One last tangent. All right. So here's my thing. And this is, like, this is one of the things that helped me get a very solid grasp of the human condition. Okay. If you want to know how you operate in the world, fuck what you think at this point. Just li very, just try to follow what I'm about to say, because everybody lets their personal opinions get in on this, and I'm not talking about personal opinion. I'm just talking about what I assume is clinical psychology. If you want to know how you move about this world, 
you are a organism that essentially makes a series of choices to obtain a goal. So like if I say I'm going to touch this, it looks shiny. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing in my head right now is like I have I have a picture of where this is in the room. I see what it's doing. It's very engaging and moving. But I have like a court like a longitude latitude coordination in my head, like distance from where I think this is right now. Right. Because that's what I want to do. I've identified where that's at. And now I know the action I need to put towards to do it. So I know what I have faculties and control over to do to do it now if i wanted to grab the bowl behind it then as i'm going to do that i now instead of seeing something that's shiny and moving i see a oblong weird vortexy thing that's in the way of me trying to get to the bowl Mm. i don't it's not what my goal is it's not my target now it's a obstacle it is something that's in my way so i don't have to put as much thought into where it's really at really all i know is the path a to b it is in that path but in the flip side if that was like a tray underneath the thing then i could say i need to grab that bowl but maybe i don't want the bowl to move so i can grab the tray while the tray is still in the path or like in the way or a part of it it is now a tool rather than an obstacle Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. So if you think of it that way and that you have to go out and you have to accomplish goals using tools or obstacles, when you're going to work every day, you're getting in your car and you're going to work. Those two concepts are two completely fucking abstract things that don't actually have any fundamental definition to any person that can be replicated over multiple instances. Like Mm -hmm. it's different for literally every single person, but we can relate them to each other because it has a lot of commonalities. It's like, what's similar about these things? How do we group these things into little piles, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you're saying you get in your car and go to work, get in your car and go means you can operate what is essentially a mechanical horse that you can ramp up and down and move your way throughout multiple people doing the exact same thing and sometimes but not all the time you run into some some kind of obstacles but if not you yourself put it like this are you driving the car is the car driving you it'd be an interesting it'd be way easier to answer that if you weren't the person driving because then you could really say the car was driving me fuck it when the teslas get here Yes, you will not be driving yourself. (laughs) A thing will be driving you, but that's not even what I'm talking about. What part is doing the driving? Where do you stop? Where does the car start? Mm. Right? If you're talking mechanically, fundamentally, people who are like, only things that exist are things we can see. All right, fucking stupid. Then what's morality? Like, duh. Obviously, you can touch it, but like, that's not the only thing that are at play here if you think that you're stupid. But different conversation. (laughs) My point being, the driving aspect is happening amongst your entire being and the car as a being and you're doing the thing it's a tool right now but as soon as your car starts puttering out to the side now you got to become a motherfucking mechanic and now your object is not is like an obstacle your car is the obstacle now it is flipped it is not a tool anymore it is now an obstacle and now you have to do a different goal it is what the fuck is wrong with my car Mm -hmm. and that's why when people's cars break down it's this sense of like inner panic because your entire framework that you were viewing your getting your car and go to work part has broken the fuck down. Mm-hmm. Doesn't exist anymore. Not a thing. Crumbled. And now you have to try to find out is how do I get my car back to working so that I can get back to the get on my way to work 
part of my life. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's the first thing we had to get out of the way. Second thing, and the reason why I think Disney is fucking insane. So, and I was explaining this to my friend the other day. If you, if I miss you on this, it's okay. Cause it's, it's very weird to talk about. So if I'm trying to go to work, let's say my work is at where's something Adolph's literally up the street. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think I have to leave this place and like go down the street and take a left Adolph's. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to Adolph's. I go out, I take a right. I keep driving, no Adolf's. Two things really could have happened. The one thing that did happen and that I know happened because I said I took a right is that I had a plan. I had a map. I knew where I was going. I knew what I was doing. I had an objective, right? Mm -hmm. And I fucked it up. Some part I didn't do correctly. I wanted to grab that thing, didn't realize it was hot, touched the hot part, dropped that bitch, didn't accomplish my goal. I turned right, supposed to turn left. I'm not at Adolf's, right? And that's fine and dandy. People make moral misses all the time. They do things they're not supposed to. They don't see that person that was coming across the street. They get too fucked up at a bar and call somebody a hoe. Like, the thing, these things happen. The other thing that could happen, which is much more dangerous, is your fucking map was wrong. And what I mean by that is, let's say I went out, turned left, and there's no ADOS. It's just disappeared. It doesn't exist anymore. But actually, when I said I went and turned left, I actually turned left up the alley that comes right out of here when we go. And now I'm just in somebody's fucking backyard because what I thought was a left at the end of the road was actually not the left at the end of the road that I was supposed to take. My perception of what I'm doing is fucked up. Mm -hmm. That's hard because you have to be able to juggle is my map wrong or are my decisions wrong? And then if the map's wrong, you have to completely dismantle that part of you. Like every part of you that thought that that was how that was supposed to be has to die and you have to yeah. get rid of it. Flush that out of your system. Don't even think about that shit anymore because it's stupid. And you have to try to rebuild a better version of it. Which one sounds easier? A, I just make bad decisions. And when I make bad decisions, they're okay for these reasons. Or B, put together your entire framework of viewing the world so that you're a better person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably we're going to take A. And most people take A. And, like, oftentimes you have people who are making excuses for themselves because they don't want to see that their perceptions of the world make them pieces of shit. And when they are shown these things, they shy away from them and don't want to deal with it. Right. One of the things they say you have to do is when you have to put that piece of your life together when you have to put that perception back together you go into the darkness because you don't have a foot to stand on your perceptions and view of the reality is just like off kilter this often happens when people have life trauma traumatizing experiences something happens to them they're like holy shit this isn't what i thought it was i need something to latch on hinduism like mm -hmm. and then they pick something that pulls them back out of the darkness that is like the valleys and the hills you go up you go down you go up and go down it's ebb and flow of life into the darkness out of the darkness now all of those things that I just said to you are extremely high-level, complex topics about the human existence, right? Mm -hmm. Like, shit is, it pretty much all encompasses how people view things. You can refute me on literally any of those topics. We can have that conversation. I've tried to do it myself. They seem to hold up pretty fucking solid. So when I tell them to people, and somebody's like, but I think that I can actually multitask because 
I do these things. No, your body has been able to make one of them automatic so that it can be pressed back into a different faculty. But really what your brain is doing is switching back and forth between them as quickly as it possibly can. Mm -hmm. To whichever one it needs awareness. You don't have to think when you poop because your body's gotten that good at it. Mm -hmm. Same thing with driving. People get so good at driving that you could be in a car and then get where you're going like, was that wall up when I got there? Like, what yeah. the fuck happened back there? And you don't remember. You legitimately do not remember because your brain's like, got this. We're good. And mm. you just, you know, like, it does, you don't even put thought into it, right? Right, right. So, all of these things, um, ridiculously, like, fundamental type conversations about the human experience. All of these things that I just spoke to you about can be observed and easily represented in the fucking Lion King. Yes. Person, young, unexperienced, grows up, has all these things laid out before them and think they're going to do what they're going to do, has very small targets that they're hitting on a regular basis. Whatever they were holding that as their true moral guidance of what they were going to do, their the person that they went to for guidance and the rules and the things that were going to give to them, Simba and fucking, uh, what's his dad's name? Uh, Mufasa. No, no, Mufasa's the bad dude. No, 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 Scar. Uh, yeah. Yes, Mufasa. Simba, Mufasa. Mufasa dies. Simba descends into darkness. Doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Puts it back together, comes back, and can now use his abilities into the object that he was trying to do at the end of it. And pretty much every theme of any kind of superhero movie follows that general theme. Even Deadpool, they make fun of it, but he still does the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I have all these things figured out. All of that goes to shit. We have to put the things back together in some heroic fashion to end up being better than it was, or at least okay as it was before. If it doesn't go back to that, tragedy. That would be like Dumbo, but like not until the very end, but like the whole fucking movie of Dumbo is tragic. Mm -hmm. So like, the reason I'm saying this is because literally any, if you think hero story, the first thing you're probably thinking is Lion King. If you're not, that's just because you don't remember Lion King correctly. Because that is literally like the fundamental hero story for our generation. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing about that is, how does Disney nail it every single time? Yeah, dude. They every got like, uh, They got time. that formula down. Not even... Bro, they own ESPN and most of all other organizations as well. But it's something like... If you can make the story that relates to the most people, then you have figured out something about the most people that the most people didn't know about themselves because they couldn't relate to themselves in that way before that movie was created. Mm -hmm. And that's Toy Story. That's Lion King. That's fucking the print Disney princesses. Let's bro. All Mickey Mouse, everything, bro. Everything. <laughs> They're playing on your emotions in very specific ways. And like sniper rifle esque ways like they're just hit, nailing it just right down the pike and it's not even a question like you don't even ask whether or not no one questions disney as a brand it's not a coincidence that everyone loves those movies no <laughs> it's not even they, name the last bad disney movie yeah you're not a movie critic so you don't have one like yeah. that's the only people who say bad shit about disney movies and like they have like sexual innuendos if you want to try to find those and racism qualities if you want to try to find those they have the whole nine they did the whole shit when it was not cool to make fun of people they did blackface drawings and shit hmm. cool people still doing it i still fuck with disney i still yeah. fucking like cars dude was like a <laughs> anti-semitic or whatever fucking. yeah bro and he was drawing racist cartoons right and they I'm, i still it's craziness life is a highway <laughs> it's fucking wild 
Tavian oh. Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for being me. here. Taj, tell them how yeah, to yeah. how they get oh, hold of yeah. shit. What do they all they need to know? Eastsiders. Eastside, yeah, eastsideworldwide.com. You go there, it's that's got everything. Got everything. It's all there. Eastside Worldwide. Eastsideworldwide.com. All right. It's all there. Thanks for being here, sharing your insights. Hey, in man. It's crazy, crazy world. Crazy world. All right. Craziness. We'll be back soon. Is yes, there? Thank you. Goodbye. Shout out to the mob. <laughs>